0: Hey everybody, Andy from We Need to Talk About Horror here. I'm recording this short disclaimer um, to offer two apologies. Number one, sorry it took over a month for episode 26 to come out. Uh, We actually had something else lined up and we had a whole bunch of scheduling issues, which you'll hear about in this episode. However, uh, apology two is to Eric Stanzi, who is our guest and technically kind of our third host on this episode, um, as he talks about his over 20 plus year career making films. And also, you know, he talks about working on some behind the scenes featurettes like, uh, Denis Villeneuve's arrival. And there is also maybe possibly a scoop in this episode, but I'm not going to reveal it. Um, Anyway, I want to apologize to Eric, I want to apologize to Jeremy, and I want to apologize to you, dear listener, because this episode, for whatever reason, all the content that we recorded, this whole sit-down interview um, slash co-host thing with Eric, got recorded at a lower bit rate. To give you an example, we typically record in stereo at one hundred uh, hertz. This, for whatever Reason recorded at 8,000 hertz, which is almost like, I don't know, if I'm doing my math, it's over four times less than of the quality that we record at. So, the best I can equate it to is it sounds like early internet radio played through, like, the real media player. So, it's just kind of muffled and, you know, I mean, it's pretty audible, but it kind of sounds like that. I mean, it just sounds uh, very compressed. So, I wanted to apologize about that, but I assure you, it is audible. There's some great content in here. I highly recommend you do listen to it. Uh, just know, it's a problem on our end, not yours. So, um, without further ado, we'll go ahead and get started, but just in case you decide to dip out, please, please, go support Eric. He has a new film called In Memory Of. It comes out Tuesday, June 26th. And you can buy it on WickedPixel.com. It's a two-disc collector's edition Blu-ray, which also comes with a feature-length documentary, which is pretty amazing. Anyway, uh, again, I really do hope you stick around and listen to this. Sorry about the audio quality. Sorry to Eric. Sorry to Jeremy. Sorry to you. (sighs) I hate my computer. Hello and welcome to episode 26 of We Need to Talk About Horror. I am Andy Treffenbach.
1: I'm Jeremy Jones.
0: And with us today is a special guest.
2: Eric Stanzi.
0: Eric Stanzi is a writer and director of uh, the St. Louis area Wicked Pixel Cinema, the head honcho of Wicked Pixel Cinema. And we'll be uh, talking about, he's just joining us, poor Yeah, though. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh everybody else is, you know, celebrating their dads on Father's Day. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Uh so Eric, did you know you're my father? <laughs> happy father's day day
2: i, I father's father's did i did i didn't want you to find out oh, well, so, well shit <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem
0: that's the problem with those dna tests like going around now you can get them anytime 23andme.com that's what Shout this out episode to sponsor. yeah <laughs> anyway we'll be going over uh some housekeeping we'll finally announce our winner for the tremors uh the complete collection dvd set. Uh we
1: recording another episode. It's been a minute.
0: Yeah, it's been about a month. Yeah. More than a month.
1: Sorry. Sorry, uh, not sorry. Scheduled. Our
0: schedules, yeah. yeah. Schedules got fucked up. That's why there's only like Jeremy and I and and then we had to rope in Eric. And we yeah. <laughs> begged and pleaded with him, like, "Hey, you want to call Drugged us?" Drugged me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> put he put
2: me just woke a, up. He's a little groggy. Put me in your trunk. <laughs> <me down. Ordeal. laughs> Terrible.
0: But uh, we'll be talking about uh, Eric's career, which has spanned over twenty years, which is pretty amazing. And uh, he's got a new movie coming out called In Memory of, which will be out Tuesday.
1: Uh,
3: Tuesday yeah, after this.
1: Twenty-six.
0: And we'll give you all the fine and uh, nitty-gritty details on that on how to pick it up and check it out. And, uh, yeah, we'll also be going over what we've been watching. We're going to try Ooh. to make it not like Josh Lightfoot's list when he's gone for, like, a well, month. <laughs> no, like, yeah. Oh, I watched uh, about 30 movies. Here we go.
1: I was thinking <laughs> of everything. I was like, I'm going to... Comb- uh, yeah, like, yeah, we've yeah, got to just do the weed highlights. It out. <laughs> <laughs>
3: just the highlights.
0: But uh, we will be probably talking about hereditary but we're gonna have to kind of keep it spoiler free since somebody i have seen not it.
1: seen it and i haven't seen a trailer but then
0: we'll be talking about upgrade and eric hasn't seen that so, so we, gotta... we can't
1: talk about upgrade really. yeah
0: so let's just not talk about anything okay
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right let's go ahead and uh get into what we've been watching You know, if I was a good host, I would say uh, where you could get this podcast, which is uh, iTunes, yeah. Stitcher, not Spotify.
1: Google Play.
0: <laughs> Google Play. Yeah. The Googles. The, Google. the Googles? <laughs> Um You know, also, let's just go ahead and announce this. Uh, Brian Washer, you are the winner. Congratulations. Congratulations. You win all six Graboids. Uh, Well, all six Tremors movies, at least.
1: There's Graboids and all six. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And Ass Blasters.
1: Ass blasters, uh, <sighs> shriekers. Yeah. Kind of get away with shriekers in the West, Lions, too. tigers, and bears.
0: Anyway, so uh, I will send you the information. I got your address. I'm going to creep on you and send you this, and uh, yeah. All right, Jeremy.
1: What do you uh, got? I'll start with the sect, which I borrowed from you. Ah, the Michele Suave. The, yes, Michele Suave, who... Not Rico uh, Suave. I Had not seen it, and I don't know if I was a fan... <laughs> <laughs> i i eric have you seen this one yep. i yeah. love you know del morte del more and um the church and stage fright i enjoyed i think i need to rewatch it i was just in a weird
0: oh you didn't like the it
1: time. the first time or i was up like super late and i was kind of like Ugh. I just, oh because it was getting pulled <laughs> off like Hulu, what the hell is happening and i was like i finally get to watch this but i just owlhead. <laughs> it, was like, it had, like, two hours before it was pulled off who <laughs> so oh, was okay. trying to, like, cram in. <laughs> in the so delirious, like, frantic yeah. Um. There's some, I mean, really great imagery in it, but the... And I am down with, like, dream logic in Italian films, but this is, like, <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah.
0: I mean, The Sect is not an easy movie to really watch. Yeah. Um, it's long.
1: It's almost two hours. Yeah,
0: and it feels... It feels, feels longer Every minute. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. But Suave does do some interesting camera work. Like oh, yeah, Like when yeah. it's going in and out of the well, and, like, yeah. you know, there's some interesting stuff in oh, there. Oh,
1: completely. I, I, and I listened to the episode that covered, uh, you know, the double feature.
0: Right, right. I right. mean, I I definitely think Stage Fright and the church are the better of yeah. his pre-Cemetery yeah. Man, Del Morte Del More. Films, um, and I still do think it is a shame that he wasn't really working for a long yeah. period of time.
1: Isn't he just doing a lot of television? Yeah, stuff? he's doing
0: tons of television. Yeah. I wish he would come back. I know he said that he wanted to do uh, Cemetery Man too. But yeah,
2: I, I, I don't know.
0: I doubt that's going to happen. I could be wrong. Yeah. What do you think of the sect, Eric?
2: I liked it. Didn't love it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it, but it's no stage fright. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know
0: that that's a similar saying to Jeremy. <laughs> it ain't, you know, I liked it, but it ain't no Halloween three. <laughs> yeah, <It's> true. <laughs> so um, upgrade, I guess, yeah. is uh, one of the movies I checked out last night. Actually, whoa, on its last legs. That's unfortunate. Of its theatrical last
1: cybernetic legs.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a bummer, but uh. I really enjoyed it. And uh, I think, you know, I would tell everybody to go run out into the theaters and check it out, but it, it was kind of a, a limited
1: release. Go to your second-run theaters and see it. And, yeah,
0: I mean, that's my only hope is it hits the second-run theaters.
1: I think um, it's going to hit streaming or something and people are going to be like, well, what the hell? I
0: think it'll hit streaming in, by August, yeah. right? And then hopefully DVD and Blu-ray in September. But, yeah, it's a interesting blend of, like, I don't know uh how from 2001
1: and robocop
3: yeah kept
0: getting referenced i don't yeah. know i don't i don't know if i see the robocop stuff in there
1: uh i mean it's a very lazy way yeah. instead of the it's detroit and it's yeah. you know yeah and near, then uh, near future but
0: you know some cronenbergian yeah body horror a little bit but uh yeah, it's it's an interesting blend. I really did dig it. Uh, <laughs> I still feel bad for Logan Marshall Green because he's always being compared to Tom Hardy. <laughs> well, I felt like an
1: idiot. I didn't, because I'm like, this guy looks familiar as hell. And then I was like, oh, oh The yeah. Invitation. Yeah, 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 yeah. He cut his hair and I like couldn't recognize him. Yeah.
0: But, uh, yeah, even Scott, our buddy Scott was like, oh, I thought it was Tom Hardy that was in this. <laughs> i like, oh, no. <laughs>
1: um, it may be a better Venom movie than Venom. We'll oh, be. good. Good point. <laughs> we'll see. We'll f- only time will tell.
2: Yeah.
0: Eric, you have anything uh,
2: you want to talk about? Enjoyed Hereditary. Okay, that was a good one.
0: So this is one that Jeremy's going to have to bow out uh-huh. because he hasn't uh, watched it. No. Nope. Uh, I had. I thought it was okay. <laughs> I I got to be really vague about this because it is definitely, I think, a film that's going to benefit from not knowing too much about it. Oh yeah. Um, first two thirds I thought were excellent. I thought they were phenomenal. I'm like, okay, now I see why everybody's, like, talking about this. And then, like, the last third kind of just lost me. It It,
2: uh, it takes an abrupt tonal shift. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I, I don't know if it was just, you know, my personal feelings on it or... Well, I mean, technically, I guess like everything's a personal feeling, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It just didn't, it didn't vibe with me and it kind of, it felt like it was being smart with the audience for the first two thirds and then it started downplaying to the audience on the last third, even though it's still being unique. Mm-hmm. that That's the other thing. It's like I applaud its efforts in trying to do something completely different. I think it does do something completely different even if the last few frames reminds me of like japanese cinema but uh ah, i don't know i wasn't i wasn't blown away by it if you gave me a double feature of upgrade and hereditary i guess i'd be on the upgrade train yeah. more than hereditary so
2: that shift at the end that more made me want to see it again because it was out of left field and i think
0: that's that's where it's either going to lose people or it's going to gain Mm -hmm. people right and i mean oh my dogs are going crazy uh but uh i don't know i just i know when we saw it like nikki and i saw it she really did not like it. She really? came out
3: to like, this is bullshit. <laughs> I'm like, oh, boy. Wow. <laughs> I'm
0: like, I don't think it was
2: bullshit, honey. But. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's uh, it's one that I don't think it's the scariest film since The Exorcist. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that's the hype train. And you're I either know. on it or you're off it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anything else, Jeremy?
1: Um, I there's two more I just want to mention real quick. Uh, first one is Blood Harvest. Blood Harvest. Um, Blood I Harvest. what else is, is it? It's got a separate title. That's I think what it's going by on Shutter. It is a late 80s slasher starring Tiny Tim. Oh, Blood Harvest. <laughs> I'm like, why does that sound familiar?
0: Yeah, 88 um, Films put this out and then pulled it for oh, some mysterious huh. reason. So,
1: you know your um, andy
0: had to get it real quick <laughs>
1: so uh i wasn't really sure what to expect with this <laughs> one um he plays ah uh, what the hell is this character's name i don't know per- Perci- Percival or something like something that something like that and he i don't like, think i've ever he's seen a clown this he he yeah. dresses up like a clown and uh, it begins with a girl's parents being killed. Like, there's kind of this mysterious killer, and you're not sure who it is, and there's red herrings. It's odd. It's really fucking weird. Um, I was kind of disappointed with the reveal of mm. who the killer is. Like, it's a little too pedestrian. Does um, he do and it's uh, kind of sleazy. by the tulips? Uh no he, he, no, he has original songs for it. So okay, it that's opens great. with that's the uh, original song about Percival the Clown, who he... Likes to paint himself up as, uh, mm. yeah, or maybe it's merc Merciful or it is I a don't be- know. it's I don't know Marvel it's like the Marvelous, maybe Marvelous it's only- Marvel or something like mervel That's his character's name because Marvel. Marvelous Mervel is his song. Uh, it it it's pretty short. I want to say it's like eighty something minutes. So yeah, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> if, <you're, laughs> if you got eighty minutes, if you're morbidly curious about. I yep. am with Flasher. Real <laughs>
0: happy I bought that Blu-ray now. I think I only spent fifteen bucks. And now it's a collector's item.
1: Well yeah. So just sell it.
0: No, I'm not gonna sell it. Oh, okay. It. Yeah, I'm, see. I'm very interested in watching it. Just a tiny Tim film. Like the film yeah. has tiny Tim and clown makeup. So if the guy wasn't creepy enough for you if he didn't look like <laughs> Tim Burton's the penguin now he's got clown makeup. I don't know. But yeah, I forget what the deal was. But eighty-eight Films put it out, and then they quickly withdrew it. Is and it like
1: a uh, like Manson family situation?
0: I don't, I don't know. I think it is some sort of rights issue. Oh, I'm just okay. staring at the Blu-ray. I'm I'm trying to gain the information by looking at it. It's not working. How's that working for you? Yeah, it's not working. But <laughs> oh, I see where it is. Yeah, 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 it's uh right above, right between the Burbs and the Bloodthirsty
1: Trilogy by Arrow.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Useless information.
1: Yeah. <laughs> nice visual clue for yeah. our audio yeah. listening audience. Uh, okay. Yeah, oh, do you want me to cover my last? No, one I, I'll, I'll
0: jump in. And no. uh, the strangers pray at night. This mm. is a
1: long-awaited sequel. For some,
0: I mean, yeah, I mean the the sequel has been talked about for a while, and yeah. while I don't, I know Brian Bertrand... Bertino, the original creator, co-wrote this script. Uh Uh-huh. I I have a feeling it's one of those things where it's like elements of his script.
1: Because this one's almost more like a slasher, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Um,
0: So this one, and it's got a strange cast. It's got Martin Henderson, who I believe is a Kiwi. Um. (laughs) man. I'm trying to remember what other movies he's been in. He almost looks like a uh more handsome um and Meyer not possible <laughs> uh he was in the original version of Secrets and Lies if you know that TV show at all Hell no. okay well it was remade with like Ryan Flippe or whatever anyway um he's in it and Christina Hendricks is in it yeah uh playing a mom which is kind of new for her i guess uh, I never watched Madman. Maybe she's a mom in there. I don't know. I have uh, seen it. But uh, yeah, first half is pretty pedestrian. Um, not on the same creepy level as the first one. But by the second half, it gets more interesting and more fun.
3: Yeah. Uh,
0: and there's a couple of great set pieces, and then a tribute to like uh, Christine, pretty much. Tribute, homage, ripoff. Yeah. However, you want to say it, um, but I I liked it, and the pool scene is one that you'll probably hear talked about.
1: That's yeah, kind of what I've always heard. It's pretty, it's pretty well up.
0: executed. Um, but yeah, I would say like if you're a huge fan of the first one, you definitely should check out the second one. It's out on Blu-ray now and digital, um, and then uh, yeah. I think that's pretty much it. I mean, I'd say check it out if you're a huge fan of the first one. If you weren't a fan of the first one, you might not dig this. But it is kind of also a different vibe overall. So if you thought, like, the first one was really grim and bleak and just, like, no hope, right, no escape, I mean, there's at least a little bit of glimmer of hope in this one. And it all takes place in, like, this abandoned off-season kind of trailer park. So it's just kind of an interesting environment. But
1: um, I didn't know trailer parks were off season.
0: Well, it's it's like one of those, like, it's a glorified trailer park where people vacation during oh, the summer. Oh, okay, okay. Like they just have all these trailers yeah, yeah. set up, all and right. maybe there's a lake nearby or something like that. That that's what okay. it seems like. Um, and Christina Hendricks, Dude, unrealistic. <laughs> yeah, Christina Hendricks' uh, mom and dad own it or yeah. something. And okay. They worked out a deal where they were like moving away for something. I, it, that doesn't, doesn't really get explained, and that's part matter. of the problem with the first half. Is like there's really no explanation on why they're doing this. They're just going, but yeah. by the end of it, it's just like ah, who cares? You know, it's another slasher movie. Um, but yeah, it, it's I I think it's definitely worth a uh, watch. So Eric, did you have another one?
2: Mm.
0: No. Just hereditary, you know?
2: huh <laughs> <laughs> i haven't I haven't made it out to the theater much with trying to get in memory of really uh, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah yeah that's, of that's kind of a thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did want to check out that strangers yeah film be- partly because i loved the first one um mm-hmm. uh, but the uh I've worked with the d p on this strangers sequel. and it, oh. um, it's a gorgeous looking film too yeah he's, uh, I mean incredibly talented,
0: like i said the uh the Christine homage <laughs> pretty on point mm. You even got the lens flares with the Christine, like the headline. Yeah. Anyway. Um,
1: okay. Uh, what else? I'll just, can I, I just want to cover one more real quick. Yeah. I've been uh, uh, partaking in F this movie's June exploitation this month so far. Oh yeah.
3: It's
1: just been a lot of fun. It's um, Patrick Bromley's like Who? Listener. Yeah. Hi Patrick. Yeah. Hi Patrick. Hi. Um, <laughs> and they kind of programmed the month for different theme every day, like Saturday, last Saturday, or yesterday was Kung Fu, um, you get a free space kind of every once in a while, I, uh, I I cheated for Westerns and watched Savage Harvest, oh, I was like, well, it's got like Indian death death curses in it, right, so, (laughs)
2: like that
1: kind of counts, I don't know, you'd have to talk to the director, does that count,
2: well, which, which, not my Savage Harvest, yeah, or or mine, yeah,
0: yeah, because there are two Savage
3: Harvest, yeah, I watched yours,
2: yeah, okay, for a Western. Yeah. Huh. I don't know, Jeremy. <laughs> that's a stretch. <laughs> that's oh, a I know. stretch. I know. I thought it
1: worked, though. But,
3: um, <laughs> well, you thought they it did it. a,
1: a Italian theme, and I actually had borrowed this from, uh, a friend, was Naked You Die. I forget what the AIP title was. It's, uh, oh. late 60s Jalo. Um,
0: um, I don't know.
1: I can't either. It's but that's on the what, tip of uh, my tongue, though. Um, that's what, uh, Oh crap! I can't think of that releasing company who put it out. That that's the uh, DVD release because that's the print they found. What it was called? Shameless. Um, no. No, the not Shameless. It's an American. VCI. It doesn't matter. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was uh, he would actually found a poster for it okay. in Kansas City, and it was like super cheap. And he's like, I've never heard of this. Bought it. Bought the DVD. Um, it is directed by Antonio... Margarete. Margarete. And it was uh, actually written by Bava. Okay.
0: Oh, it's like God, the good... Gonna me the... Me. I'm going to figure it out. Uh, you you keep
1: talking okay. about it. Um, yeah, so it's set at a uh, girl's school. Um, and they, they're, you know, mysterious figure <laughs> killing people. Um, the
0: young, the, the evil, and the savage?
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. about, I know it's like, yeah, it's like the blah, the blah, and the blah, yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's directed by Antonio Margheriti yeah. and uh Mario Bava did the story uncredited, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: okay. um, yeah, 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 it's also got I can't think of the actor's name, mark from, Damon, uh uh day of the Earth still,, mm, I don't
0: know about that he plays
1: the uh police officer, he's um
0: uh, oh.
1: He's Plateau and um, uh Day of the Earth Stood Still. Michael Rennie. Yeah, Michael Rennie, yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty solid jalo, uh, I kind of called, like, one of the twists, but then I, you know, I guess the motivation behind the killing I had no idea about. Oh, yeah. And you wouldn't know unless you'd be like, oh, well, okay.
0: You know, I don't know if I've seen this one.
1: Yeah, it's, um... Oh, cause I, and I let him borrow uh, House of Laughing Windows because we were just talking... <laughs> Jalos and yeah, Poopy he Avadi. Like, he's like, I've always wanted to see that. That's one.
0: a that's a really good. That's a great one movie. Yeah, it feels kind of separated from Avadi's.
1: I don't other know if work. I've seen anything Avadi. Uh, anything done.
0: I'm sure you have. Um, Revenge of the Dead, the Zeter. I think. Oh
1: no, I've not seen Zeter. Oh, you haven't. I've heard of it. Yeah, but I'm pretty
0: sure that's a Poopy Avadi. I just like saying Poopy Avadi. Uh, who does?
1: Um, but yeah, uh, it's really good.
0: Okay, so what was the name of it again?
1: Naked You Die. That, was, that
0: That's the American
1: title. That is, well, that is the uh, release you can find it under because that is the original cut. I think that when AIP put it out in the 60s or 70s, they chopped like 10 or 15 minutes to put it on a double bill.
3: Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. So, so the full title, the AIP version is The Young, The Evil, and The Savage. Yes. Okay, I will be adding that to my uh, <laughs> to my list. I'm looking at a lobby card. It says "Nude Simoy," <laughs> <laughs> which is naked. You die, right? Oh, is that <laughs> what it is? Yeah, nude.
1: Simoy. I, I know.
0: I don't know. I don't know Italian.
1: I was being rude.
0: Oh, dark sky.
1: Dark sky. That's yeah. who the fuck it was. Yeah.
0: Right out of the Antonio Margheriti collection, which I didn't even know they had a collection.
1: I didn't either. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so nothing else, huh?
1: Nothing else. All right, well, I
0: guess we're going to go ahead and uh, get up in them go. Oh, so.
4: Even though
0: he isn't here. He's in spirit with us.
1: <laughs> Even
2: though he's not here, he haunts us constantly. Are you okay, Eric? I'm I'm
3: recovering. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so this is our segment called Get Up In Them Guts, and uh, we're going to get up in your guts, not Eric yeah. Sanze, Uh who has a long, illustrious career, 20-plus years. Can you believe that?
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I'm
0: gonna share like my personal stories, which I don't know if you've ever heard my side of everything.
1: Uh-oh. You son of a no. <laughs>
0: so, um so I lived well, I think our mutual connection uh was Pat Coffee, drama teacher at Windy. Oh yeah. So uh Miss Coffee I never called her Pat, obviously, because she was my teacher. Yo, Pat. <laughs> Yo, Pat. <laughs> uh, she showed a uh, clip, her clip, her appearance in Savage Harvest. Okay. Uh, Jeremy, as uh, a reference, yeah. she is the teacher counselor. What, what is her role? Uh, Head counselor.
2: She, sure. She, she like runs the. Camp, oh right? yeah! Yeah okay. yeah 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 yeah.
0: So that was my drama teacher. Okay. In high school. And, and, mine. Yeah, and yeah, and Eric's. And DJ went to Windsor, didn't he? Yeah. Okay. So uh, DJ was
1: the guy in that sweet Budweiser shirt, right? Mm, that
2: no. Or it was Dave Berliner? Oh, oh Dave Berliner, yeah. Uh,
0: DJ uh, appears in he's Ice from the, the, the Sun. Yeah, and... and um, bald-headed.
1: Yeah, yeah. Gentleman. Yes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, just, what did I... Oh, he's, he's in, in the Rat line. line as well, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. And yeah. he's
0: also in In Memory of. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Eric's new film. Which is coming out next Tuesday on (laughs) Blu-ray.
2: We should say that as often. Yes, (laughs) as often as (laughs) possible. What's the date? The
1: twenty-sixth of June. Yes,
0: the twenty-sixth of June, Tuesday. Yes. Wickedpixel.com. Go to it. Buy it. Love it. Is it just DVD or it's not DVD? It's Blu-ray, two-disc collector's edition. Is it available on digital platforms or will it it be?
2: It will be, but okay.
0: Okay, gotcha. So anyway, to go back to the story, uh, she showed her first scene. And I was like, oh, cool. Okay, I've heard about this. And I can't remember. So this is where my memory comes in
3: to Uh shit play.
0: I can't remember if I read the Notes from the Underground article that you wrote in Fangoria before or after. I want to say it was after. Mm -hmm. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, But I, I remember... I think she's the one that introduced me to the movie. and was like, okay, here's my scene. I'm like, yeah, this is a great scene. uh, This is a horror movie? Let's watch the rest. And she's like, oh, no, I can't show the rest. I'm like, damn (laughs) it. So uh, I was like, well, when's this movie coming out? And I remember bugging her about it. And she's like, oh, I don't know. I'll talk to DJ or Eric and see what the deal is. And uh, it was the local (laughs) gas station slash video store, McKenna's, in Barnhart. Hmm. which is where I picked up Savage Harvest and rented it. So, um, and I, like I said, I can't remember when I read that Fangoria article, if it was before I saw the movie or after. But, uh, oh man, I'm trying to remember. Do you remember what issue that was? 153?
2: I I don't even remember what I, I, I'm sitting here thinking, was the Savage Harvest that I wrote about?
0: Yeah, yeah, the article was, well, it was Notes from the Underground. Yeah. And it was called Mississippi Blood.
2: Okay, um. I remember remember that now. <laughs> Vaguely remember. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
0: so uh, but Savage Harvest wasn't like the, f- was it? So here's the question I got for you: Is it mm-hmm. the first film that like what you consider the first film? Because there was like Fine Art and Scare Game. Mm-hmm. But do you consider Savage Harvest your first film?
2: I I do. Okay, Be- and it's mainly because Fine Art and scare game were just you know teenagers
4: yeah. fucking
2: around and didn't know what the hell we were doing and didn't and it and we didn't make them to be released they okay were, yeah, they were okay. like pick, you know picked up for distribution after and but when we made them it was like well you know nine of our buddies will see these movies and nobody right. else and then right. yeah what you end up with is you know a couple of Really crappy movies getting distributed <laughs> around the world, and now I'm like, oh, yeah. Why? But it, I mean, it, here's the thing,
0: though. It was interesting to me because you know, let, let's face it. I lived in Barnhart, and I know most of our listeners don't don't know what the hell I'm talking about because you don't live in Saint Louis. But Barnhart is probably about twenty five thirty minutes. South I don't know if I've ever been St. there. <laughs> there's nothing there. Like yeah. at, at the time I moved there, there was a Seven Eleven and that McKenna's. And that was yeah. it. And the McKenna's was cool because they carried Eric's film, and they also carried some independent films. So they were kind of like a mom and pop video uh-huh. shop. Um, and I know, uh, well, further down the line, I know I got into like the Sub Rosa stuff through, you know, watching Savage Harvest. But we'll get into that momentarily. Uh, so, so uh, Scare Game and Fine Art were '92, right?
3: Sure. Uh, sure, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then
0: you started filming Savage Harvest in 93? That sounds right, yeah. Okay. And one of the interesting parts, and I know this wasn't obviously scripted, but Jeremy, you probably remember the massive flood of 93, right? Yes. So one of the things that I always thought was interesting is like whether you feel, you know, on a personal level, if it really if it is effective in the story or not, but you went to go shoot... Footage of the flood and try to work it into the story and that adaptability. I was like, oh, that's
4: that's interesting.
0: Whether whether the viewer thinks that works or not, I I think it kind of does. But you know, I I've talked to people that are like, eh, it
3: it's
0: kind of afterthought. I'm like, yeah, but you know, honestly, getting that shot, shot that getting yeah. that footage that that adds production.
4: Oh, absolutely. You know? yeah. So
0: it's just kinda interesting and you know, uh maybe it's the disruption and that's what causes the rocks to come out. Anyway, <laughs> going into it too far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm diving too deep. But uh Savage Harvest was uh, you know, honestly like a gateway to independent cinema for me. Yeah. Um so thank you. Thank you for doing You're that. You're very welcome. Or, or I'm sorry. <laughs> <Yeah. depending on laughs> I'm sorry. Depending on the
2: movies we're discussing. <laughs> yeah.
0: So why don't you talk a little bit about Savage Harvest? Where were the... Well, how about uh, how about this? Let's back up a little bit. Wh- what influenced you to start making films?
2: I think it was when I saw like uh, Sam Raimi's Evil Dead and I saw Night of the Living Dead and I saw Toxic Avenger and these, you know, movies that I... Loved, but you could see the rough edges. Mm -hmm. And that basically informed me like, hey, you could do this too, and you don't need to have a big Hollywood budget, and you can just go out and, you know, I wasn't very aware that a lot of those kinds of movies, you know, existed. So when I started finding those films in in the home video boom, it was like, oh, I think I can. And I was already, you know, a, a. growing horror fan, so I thought, oh, I could do that, too, and that's kind of what pushed me.
0: So, yeah, it was, uh, you know what's funny is, like, the the more and more I thought the um, independent filmmakers, how often the Evil Dead comes up. Yeah. It's because, yeah. I, I think, like you said, you can see the scenes in that movie, and it's like, and the more and more you read about the behind the scenes, it's like, yeah, Sam Raimi and a couple of his friends in Michigan just wanted to make a movie and they did whatever they could to yeah. make that movie. Yeah. Because, um, for those of you that don't know, Savage Harvest is a shot on video horror film, um, that, you know, I, I hope you won't be offended by this, but borrows a little bit of the evil dead. <laughs>
2: or <laughs> just <laughs> blatantly takes, I think but you know uh, yeah, honestly
0: but, from coming from Missouri which has a rich native american heritage in the background that that was just kind of I always saw it as okay this guy really likes evil dead really was inspired by yeah, that movie to right. make a movie and this was a time when you could get camcorders and actually make a movie. And there was, once you got the end product out there, there was a market for it. Mm-hmm. You know, that that was, uh, you know, mid-90s. That was kind of already established. There was, and the best thing about the video market is that you could have the Hollywood blockbuster movies on mm-hmm. the same shelf as somebody who shot something in their backyard and put it right next to each other just because alphabetically it fits
3: yeah. Yeah. next
0: to a big movie. And it's like, oh, well, it gets the same air time or space time or shelf time, I guess you yeah. you would say. So I always thought that was interesting. And the fact that you kind of married the local um, kind of mythology with it, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that that's really interesting. And, you know, I mean... I don't know where my old VHS is. I think it got
2: lost, so I'm kind of bummed about I that. Think, mm-hmm. I think mine's lost. It. Yeah. Mine's, <laughs> mine's long gone <laughs> as well.
0: Because I know, like, didn't Vulture Video do something where they released them?
2: Like a very limited. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. But, um, you know, after I saw Savage Harvest, I think that's when I went down the rabbit hole and was like, oh, well, let me check out other, you know, movies from this company, which was Salt City Home Video. Back in the day, <laughs> the yeah. Back in the day. And they ran B-movie.com. I don't know if oh, you remember any of those,
1: Jeremy. I've Jimmy. heard of B-movie.com. So
0: B-movie.com was like a very kind of GeoCities-esque yeah. website, very Angel basic. Fire. I mean, granted, this is like the mid-90s, so yeah, everything yeah. was pretty much like yeah. what the kids would call GeoCities, right? Yeah. And they had animated GIFs and all this other stuff, but it was just interesting to me because, like, this was Little Andy just getting into, you know, I was, what, 13 years old in 94. So I was like, whoa, there's this whole new world. It's not just Hollywood blockbusters mm-hmm. and movies coming out of the yeah. L.A. It's it's movies that are, you know, shot here in Missouri or, or in Salt City Home Video's case, which is run. Uh, was it solely run by Ron? Or it was a couple of people, wasn't it?
4: It's
2: been primarily run. Yeah, okay. The- for the so run of the company. Ron
0: Bonk is one of the main guys behind Salt City Home Video, which is now Sub Rosa, and uh, I think his latest movie was House Shark. Did I got that right. Oh yeah, House Shark. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I was going to say you might know that <laughs> one, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, like I remember going to b dash movie dot com and like he had a deal where you bought I don't know three or four movies on VHS, then you got you got them for twenty bucks or something. It was some cheap thing mm-hmm. where like the more you buy the right. better deal you get. So right. I'm like, oh, I'll buy this this this. And this is, you know, you have to keep in mind this was when I was reading tons of Fangoria and like hearing names like J.R. Bookwalter
3: mm-hmm. and uh
0: the Dead Next Door and you know, Sam Raimi kind of saying, "Oh, this is a great independent film or one of the best zombie films, whatever his quote is." And it was like, "Oh, man, this is really cool. This is like undiscovered territory that I'm <laughs> going to go down." Yeah. So that was just kind of interesting, and I remember following that whole career. So with Ron, like, how did you hook up with Ron? What was the deal there?
2: It was through J.R. Bookwalter, actually. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So Savage Harvest was, uh, we set that up with J.R. Bookwalter and uh, got the distribution deal before we started shooting the movie, and then there was some shift with Bookwalter's company, and it was like he took it upon himself to say oh let me see if there's another way that we can handle Savage Harvest for Eric and mm-hmm. he contacted Ron Bonk and Ron Bonk jumped on it so it's like we just kind of like skipped past I, uh, I think it was Tempe Video Tempe
3: yes, yeah, was Bookwalter's right.
2: company and so he, Bookwalter was really cool and even though his there was some shift in his company that prevented him from releasing it uh, you know he set it up with Ron Bonk and that's
0: was this around That's the time when he was filming Sandman? I always remember the Sandman.
2: I think with so. Tempe video. <laughs> I think it was around. I think it was Sandman. I okay. think so. All right.
0: Yeah, so so basically, JR hooked you up with Ron, and Ron said, yeah, we'll go ahead and distribute. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yep. Um, so then your next film is wildly different Ice mm-hmm. uh, from the Sun. Mm hmm. And uh,
1: this is around the time I heard about you it was from the two thousand two Riverfront Times article.
0: Yeah, I think
3: I still have um, that whole thing I was, in the garage. Uh, yeah,
1: eight. I think eighteen blood work. Um, I was at the dentist office and I just they had an RFT kind of in the entryway and I was like, huh? <laughs> and I just was completely horror? In, yeah, <laughs> like somebody locally is making horror. I was like, what the
0: fuck? Mm. Yeah. Cause that was you and Emily on the cover, right? Or no?
3: Okay. 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 I'm sorry. I, I mean, I don't remember either. I just remember that being
1: the cover, grabbing it, I'm and just being like, sure. enraptured from it. I actually found the article. It's still in the art, like online archives. Uh, you can look, like um, uh, for, for non-Missouri listeners. Somewhere. Riverfront Times, a weekly alternative that's been yeah. going for it's like the L.A. weekly years.
0: syndicate yeah. thing. But <clears throat> yeah, so ice from the sun. Uh, you have to talk about *Ice from the Sun* because I mean, this is wildly different. So you went from *Savage Harvest* shot on video camcorder, and then you decided to take this huge task of shooting a film on Super 8 millimeter. Yeah. What was the <laughs> What was the decision behind this?
2: It was just all the puzzle pieces kind of fit together. I knew okay. what kind of. Uh-huh. film it was going to be that it was going to be just way off the rails and experimental and uh it was like okay I could I think that super 8 would contribute to that more than shooting on video and okay. so it was like and I also figured you know uh, if we screw anything up we can always just kind of push that puzzle piece into into place and kind of m- make the mistakes work for the film if we you know screw it up on a photography level uh but yeah it was just like i i understood what savage harvest was and understood what yeah. i was trying to do with that and it was just like i don't want to make another movie that looks like somebody else's movie again
3: mm-hmm. and
2: so i just kind of let the imagination run crazy and go you know super weird with it and yeah and uh yeah and then super 8 just kind of like seemed like the natural fit for that.
0: Did you have a, I mean, I know like talking about Super 8 now is just kind of wild in its own right. Did you have any problems like getting film stock? At not the of that? No,
1: not, not at, at the, the time. A, I mean, um, the filmmaking course I took in early 2000s, we were using Super 8. Right. Uh-huh. Kinoflexes. that was at Merrimack mm-hmm. and OJ's photo in U-City on Olive oh, still man. sold Super 8 and you could get Kodachrome, Ektachrome. So yeah, it, and, but that was like the last gasp of like the Super Eight, um, and just in terms of like locally, you yeah, know, you still had to sh- ship it out of town to be processed and yeah. So um,
0: I mean, um, uh, well, you go ahead, Jeremy. Oh, I was just yeah, gonna ask in
1: terms of like recording the sound for it. I mean, did you have to do that separately? Well, yeah, that was separately that was the double system. Do you, yeah, that's usually because most don't pick up sound right. Well. Yeah. So did you
0: find? I mean, what kind of technological (laughs) hurdles did you have with the super eight anything
2: no it went it went it went
0: pretty smoothly it went
2: pretty pretty well i mean we had you know it was stuff the the main stuff that we had to deal with in terms of problems would just be like footage coming back scratched and you know because it's but that was like we knew that that was going to happen so it was uh, a decision that i made early on like well if something comes back scratched Mm -hmm. we just scratch it up even more right. and okay. put it in the movie. Yeah. yeah. So there were there were days where we'd be like okay this this has a big nasty scratch in the shot so we'd just physically unspool the film mm-hmm. and start scratching it up and you know putting fingerprints and gunk all over it. <laughs> Grindhousing
0: a print before a
2: Yeah. And we're then, talking about innovations here people. Yeah. And I have seen I've seen some uh reviews where people are like man, I'm getting so sick of these people shooting on video and applying these scratchy Super <laughs> 8 filters to it. And I'm like, no, fucker, we actually <laughs> shot it yeah. on Super 8 and scratched it up. So that it was fun. And then, it, and I think that overall when we found stuff like that and tried to make those mistakes work for the movie, I, I feel like that those turned yeah. out pretty well. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm it's a
0: wild film. film. It, it is, is. It's yeah. It's crazy wow. to think of... At that point in time, you know, number one, I remember, because, you know, granted, I think at that point in time you were probably more based in the city uh, rather than, like, Imperial, but I remember the infiltration of Wicked Pixel Cinema talked about, like, in the St. Louis area, and obviously being a horror hound, it's like, well, my ear's going to be, you know, to the grindstone there. And I remember the CD coming out and, like, going to CD Warehouse and picking it up, and uh, it has Eric's... The
2: soundtrack? Yeah, CD yeah, afternoon. yeah. Nice. It has
0: Eric's blood print on it. Yes. Hey. So if you ever need the clone, Eric, <laughs> that's the key. Okay. Go back to the Ice from the Sun the CD. The Bloodstone. Yeah, every, <laughs> yeah.
2: every CD is completely <laughs> uniquely stamped by Yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: nice. He bled for his film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I just remember, like, a lot of hubbub behind it and you know uh, it was just it it was an amazing film on a technical level and it was just amazing to watch uh, in general just because it was so radically different than what I was seeing uh, in the independent horror film community and like you know I granted I was still pretty new to independent cinema but at at that point in time I I thought that I had a pretty level Mm -hmm. kind of what year was that, released?
2: 99.
4: Okay, that so, that's year
2: mean, it finally
0: came out. But when did you guys film it? It was 97, 98?
2: Uh, Didn't that we, one take we, a while? It took, It. I mean, they all kind of yeah. take a while. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> uh, but that one, we finished shooting in 97. Okay. And okay. then Post took, a, like, a year. Yeah, yeah. that's
1: what um, I remember. No, it's just thinking, trying to think of, like, independent horror in 99 and what that was like, like. Everyone was still trying to make their own scream. Yeah, you know, well, I
0: mean, Eric, would you like to Smasher. talk about, like, uh, what, what that environment was like?
2: Uh, I was pretty busy, so I don't know what the <laughs> environment was like. I mean, I understood the kind of stuff that was coming out on the independent scene, and it yeah. was like, some of it I was like, oh, that's really interesting, and some of it I was like, eh, that's, you know, B-movie yeah crap yeah. that i can't get into and wh- whatnot but it's like you know i think that there was at that very low budget a pretty uh good amount of diversity in the kinds of movies that were being made and as far as you know my attitudes about it i just i don't think that i really paid attention to that in terms of deciding what i wanted to do i just mm, was kind yeah. of like looking at it like I'm a horror fan, I'm a film fan, and this is what I want to try to achieve and I don't and I couldn't see any reason to not go for it, so that's why that movie, yeah you know was so nuts yeah <laughs> and not and not like you know most of what you saw coming out at the, at right. the budget level right. at that time,
0: yeah, because I mean honestly, like a lot of independent cinema from what I remember, and this might be a bad recollection. But it's it always seemed like a lot of independent cinema was trying to mimic what Hollywood was doing, like what Hollywood was successful. And that could be a marketing standpoint, too. You know, it's like, um, I remember, uh, well, I remember last broadcast when that came out, and yeah. they kind of said, oh, we were before Blair Witch, and I remember that whole fiasco. I also remember, like, Ron Bonk's um, Strawberry Fields, Around that time? Is it Strawberry
2: Estates? St- yeah, Strawberry Didn't Estates. Didn't they
0: call it Fields for a little bit, though? I don't remember that. I
2: don't know. <laughs> <one>. <laughs> I don't
0: know. I'm probably <laughs> going to get
2: run on the phone. Yep. <laughs> uh, my brain's gone. Find my <laughs> brain <Andy>. is
0: destroyed. <laughs> ah!
2: uh, uh. Self fulfilling
1: prophecy. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: but yeah, Strawberry Estates. Uh, shit. Was Rashawn in that? No. I, Damn. I don't, I don't remember.
3: know. I don't know. Uh,
0: I I remember that uh, coming out
2: around the same time. I think that was in the Um, same general time.
0: Yeah, and then in 2000 was Scrapbook.
2: Scrapbook actually came out in 99. Oh, 99. Yeah, it was 99. Okay. That was like the one time in my life where I had two movies come out in the same year.
0: Holy shit.
2: Wow. Okay. Because that that doesn't happen anymore. Which,
0: Scrapbook (laughs) is also... Different from Ice from the Sun and oh, yeah. Savage Harvest. I mean, this this one is more. Uh, it's it's more realistic, mm-hmm. um, and it is. You know, I'll, I'll forewarn people. It is not a light movie. If I mean, when I saw it, I think I was destroyed for the whole day. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm not doing anything fun. I'm just going to sit in my room and
2: and cry. Yeah, and cry right.
0: and be like, "Well, I'm never going outside." <laughs> I
1: uh, didn't get a chance to see scrapbook. I thought I thought it was also
2: uh unprimed for rent, but it is yeah. not.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um
2: no, yep. we're we're like we're banned from Amazon. So I was going to say. Yeah. So, and and oh. that's uh
0: Jeremy was going to come over and borrow your films because he's pretty new to your filmography and i was I'm like hey jackass. hey his stuff is on prime you can check yeah. it out that way so i think you watched deadwood park first and then um, uh
1: yeah i watched that and then i but i ran savage harvest on amazon and um so you gave two uh, bucks to him and or yeah. whatever yeah. Yeah. however borrowed, that deal uh, works out <laughs> it's way more to amazon <laughs> i borrowed um ice from the sun from chris uh Marcus.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh Chris is a friend of the show. Hi Chris, if you're listening.
2: Um You might be listening cuz Eric's on. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. Well, thanks for picking up uh, picking up the movie, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably many years ago.
0: Actually, I remember, yeah, I remember when I picked up Ice from the sun, you had you had to have that uh disc replacement
1: Oh, that, oh was the, that was the first. Yeah. He's got it on a B, uh, VHS. Oh,
0: oh well, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> I think I had it
1: on VHS, too. But
0: like I said, most of my VHSs I got rid of a long time ago, like an idiot.
1: No, you're smart. No, I was smart. <laughs> yeah. But,
0: yeah, my Ice from the Sun, its it's been through a lot. And then I remembered the disc pr- replaced my program.
2: Which was, yeah, just on that first Pressing. Right, and then, right, and then we had and then you, sailing after that.
0: And plus, you put out a new edition. The
2: and then Image picked right. it up, and we put put out a that was a two disc. Yeah, that was release a for yeah for that. So
0: can't remember if I have both of them or
2: just the Knowing one. Knowing you, you'd have both.
0: No, nope, I just have the one.
1: Wow, Wait, I the have image the OG,
0: no, the the OG one, right it. between Identity and well, whatever oh, that is. I put it I yeah.
1: on your grave. Well, oh. Whatever the no. next one is. Anyway, ice, ice cream man. <laughs> ice cream. Oh wait, yeah. I think it is. Yeah, it, it is. It is ice cream man. Alphabetical. You
0: are sandwiched between ice cream man and identity. Yeah. alphabetical. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, um, for everyone. So okay, knock it off with the laughs. Scrapbook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what was the impetus for a scrapbook here? Well, there
2: was a. I remember a meeting with. Uh, it was me and Tom Biondo, who who plays the the male lead in that, mm-hmm. and uh, Jeremy Wallace. And it was just a sit down and figure out what we're going to do next. And that was a project that Tom had been developing, and he was pretty passionate about it. And uh, it, over the course of that meeting, we just zoned in on that and decided that's what we're going to do next. And a big part of it was Tom's passion
4: for the yeah. project. He mm-hmm. was
2: he was pushing hard for it and i knew well that means you know in terms of collaborating with him i'm going to get a lot uh a lot out of him in terms of you know how much he's willing to put into the movie and um on top of that it was another moment of going okay well you know savage harvest was this and then ice from the sun was this was this and I just wanted to do something completely different Completely different, yeah. and this was you know there was no supernatural element to it no. and it was all <laughs> all just in your face and then I remember you know the process was Tom he'd been developed there was no script for for a scrapbook it was boiled down to a, like a 15 page document and the vast majority of the movie was uh, just ad-libbed and it was okay it was wow. you know long takes where we knew what they were going to talk about, but we'd just do these long takes where the two of them would sit across the table from each other and they'd stay in character while I'd say, Okay, now, Tom, go in this direction or say this to her and this kind of thing. And they just kind of keep going without even cutting, you know? And it was so there was no script, but he had developed it to the point where he had this like huge box of notes, like the most unorganized. It was like written on <laughs> napkins and the back of. Pizza boxes and stuff like that, and then he just kind of like dumped wow. it out on the floor and said, "This is, this, is, these are my notes on what I've been developing." So my first task was to go through this, basically find the movie and all of these scraps and notes and everything like that. And um, yeah, once we zoned in on on what we wanted to achieve, then it was just like you know, I already had the had Jeremy, I had uh, Tom, and it was about. Finding Emily at that point, mm-hmm. and, and uh, seeing if she was on board for all of the stuff, and and so once once we had the the people in place, it was it came together, it was easy, you know. From that, there was there were no problems in terms of people or scheduling or anything yeah. like that. And Emily was on board, Tom was on board, and everybody was just like pulling in the same direction, and it and and it worked, you know
0: for those of you that don't know what scrapbook is, it's basically, I guess, I mean, it's a few days in the life of a serial killer, basically. And, um, unfortunately a character gets captured and it's pretty much her journey into madness. Yeah. I guess is the best, best way to say it, but it's got some very heavy subject matter. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, was there any trepidation about getting into that? I mean, did you worry about any of the limits that you were pushing?
2: No, I, as a team. Or
0: was that a challenge?
2: I it, mean, I mean it, it was a. I mean, that's part of why we wanted to, to make that kind of a movie because it was a challenge and because it was very different. And uh, I didn't think that we would have any problems because I could tell that Tom was really on board, and right. Emily was really on board, uh, and then once we started shooting, it was. You know, immediately evident that they, in terms of their performances, it was going to glue together properly. Uh, but I do remember when we shot, like maybe on the second day of the shoot, we shot the first rape scene,
3: mm-hmm. and it
2: was horrific to to just be on set doing that. And yeah. I remember, you know, everybody was there, everybody was passionate about the project, everybody was willing to put their all into it. And I remember after that shooting that first rape scene, I looked at everybody and said, you know, this is the kind of movie where we could work our asses off to make this and ten people will see it and it's going to vanish forever because there's this, it's as far away from mainstream as you can get. And I was just like, is everybody still on board? Because, you know, this may just vanish. Right. And, yeah. and everybody said, yep, we're in. And, and we continued shooting. And then, the, ironically, that's the movie that I'm most... Associated with, yeah, you know, yeah. a lot more than ten people have seen it. But, but uh-huh. I mean,
0: you know, I, I think a lot of that is just because not not just the the content, right, but the delivery and how raw and visceral it is, and the fact that it is powerful. And it, like I said, it's one of those movies that if you're having a good day,
3: oh, it'll ruin it. <laughs> it will ruin it. Yeah,
0: like no joke. And I mean. I've often compared it to, uh, oh, you've seen Henry Portrait of the Serial Killer. Yeah, that's kind of bleak. Have you seen Scrapbook? That's (laughs) like way bleaker, you know? (laughs) And I mean, I think it's important to have those movies in the genre because it goes to the dark corners of the genre that I think need to be explored. And, you know, I, I totally agree that's not everybody's cup of tea. But like you said, there's also people that like their limits pushed. And I think when you get a challenging film like that, or even like, you know, uh, Fred Vogel's August Underground films and stuff yeah. like that, you know, obviously there's a little more feverish um, celebration about those films because it touched a nerve. Right. You know, it, it you have a reaction. And it could be a violent reaction, right? You know, I mean, not everybody wants to see that. You yeah, know, right. my mom was a big... Proponent of, like, I don't care about your stupid fucking slasher movies. Supernatural stuff, that's my style. She loved Robert Weiss's The Haunting, stuff like that. And I love that stuff too. Don't get me wrong. But I grew up, you know, watching movies in the late 80s and 90s as a kid. So obviously I gravitated to what was popular in that horror genre and that was slasher movies and all yeah. that. Mm-hmm. But even even more interesting is if you're a slasher fan and then you happen across like Henry Portrait of Serial mm-hmm. Killer or Scrapbook or some of these like really gnarly films, it it almost strikes a stronger chord, I think.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But I mean that's just my personal feeling. Um but, yeah, I mean, you had quite a bit of accolades for that. I remember Rue Morgue Magazine was a big uh, hype push on that. Yeah, they... Uh, Wasn't it, like, movie they, of the year or they something?
2: Best independent film yeah. of the year. Oh, nice. 2000...
0: It, was it, like, their 2000 or
2: 2001? It, I can't they, remember. They, it was, like, a couple of... Because it's a very tiny movie and right, we didn't have an advertising deal. budget and it takes a while for people to find it. You know, it's word of mouth. It's that kind of thing. So they actually didn't get a hold of it until a year or two after it was released. Uh, So I think that, like, it was maybe the year-end issue of 2000, you know, saying, here's the best of 2001, and we got the best independent film on that. Did
0: that totally come out of left field?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was... I hadn't... I remember... It was another filmmaker. I forget who it was, but somebody emailed me and was like, hey, I just got the Rimorg and Scrapbook was named number one independent film of the year. That's great. I I I had no idea, and I was just floored. I couldn't believe that something that tiny. Yeah. I I
0: mean, I didn't find out about Rimorg until, like, what? Two thousand three or 2004 I'm like yeah, oh what's,
2: like 2005 <laughs> for me
0: <laughs> what's this magazine oh it's <laughs> from a foreign land of Canada <laughs> yeah. and then like I read it and I'm like oh this is way better than Fangoria right now <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean good. no knock against Fangoria I have my mm.
1: you know thing in, you can knock against Fangoria uh, around that time
0: uh, yeah around that time yeah I think so too but you know I, I also have my personal feelings with Fangoria you know that's a yeah. lot of nostalgia I yeah. grew up on Fangoria me shit too. I discovered covered some of Eric's, yeah. like, behind-the-scenes stuff through Fangoria, <laughs> as previously mentioned. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, where, where do you go from there? What were we, your ideas, like, after that? I mean...
2: Like, after Scrapbook was yeah, released? Yeah, no, I, I mean... I don't think that I was thinking too much about, <laughs> uh, you know, after that, because it was like a... I mean, first, it's you, you release two feature films in, in one year, and yeah. so, you, yeah. so the first reaction is you just kind of drop from exhaustion. <laughs> and uh, and then it was just like, um, I think that my mindset was, was seeing what could be done without um, solely focusing on, let's scrape together as much money as we can and let's make the next thing and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, for a while there, I... I was getting uh, we were doing the the Rosa extreme movies and that was that was basically a money Holy making
0: shit i forgot about those. yeah
2: that was basically <laughs> a, a money making thing and it was yeah it was like well i got a, subrosa extreme and it was oh this, okay it was just like crank them out fast low right. budget get you know milking the the dvd boom type of thing and and so for a while i was producing those and it was it was wonderful to be making money
3: yeah, off, of, sure, the,
2: yeah. off oh, sure. of these movies and finally getting, you know, you're getting paid to produce films and it was from that standpoint it was great and uh it had a lot of kind of like a boot camp element to it where it did fine tune. It took some of the skills in the skill set and sharpened them up because things had to happen so quick and so on the cheap and everything. But then it just got into, you know, well I want to go back to making the stuff that I want to make mm-hmm. and I know and I knew that and then you'll be poor again but <laughs> I uh you know had developed a, a a love for Mario Bava films and I had it was mm-hmm. really interested in again trying something different and the last you know I hadn't done anything that was like classic just atmospheric right. ghost story type of thing and so i was interested in trying that and so that's when we started uh down the the path of deadwood park and that was uh, a huge project and that that one took forever and
0: yeah you know, it came that, out yeah 2007 right
2: I think that's uh, right, yeah. yeah, but that that was and again, it was like well what what can I do that's different, and what can I do that's that I haven't tried? what can you know wanted to challenge myself again and just uh you know see what see what I could do in that playground, so. yeah,
0: and i mean that's the that's the thing that I've always appreciated about you is that you're not doing the same thing. Over and over, yeah, and over and
3: over. Yeah. It
0: because cool. many, many creators and directors, you know, if they find that groove and they're like, I'm successful in this, I'm yeah. maybe even financially successful in this, right? They'll just keep doing it. Mm-hmm. And then they, they're they like, well, I'd like to do this, but I don't know if that's going to pay the bills. Right. And, you know, I mean, I think that's that's an interesting struggle to kind of get into and, yeah, uh, you know, I mean, sometimes I think it takes the best out of people, and like, I'm just gonna do this financially stable thing and yeah. keep going and keep
2: going. Or but do, or do something that you, I think a lot of times, filmmakers will think about the fan base in terms of, well, if I don't make part eight yeah. for this, you know, series that the that that I know the fans adore, then they're gonna get mad at me, and they don't, you know, they yeah,
1: where's Savage Harvest eight? <laughs> yeah. Well, there is a Savage Harvest, too. I know. <laughs> there is a too. But I didn't direct
2: that one. Jason, no, Jason, Jason did Chris that. directed Jason Chris. that one. But it's kind of like, you know, you you brought up Fred Vogel's August Underground, right. and he you know, he got a lot of traction with those mm-hmm. movies, and he got a lot of attention and got a huge fan base out of those, and then he made a movie that I like called...
0: The Red Centaur? The Red Centaur. Yeah, it's great.
2: And I think he... he uh, got a little bit of heat from the fan base he because did. they wanted more... August Underground. They, wanted, August they Underground. wanted the shtick, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it was like... And I applauded him for for breaking away from that and, and doing something different, doing something really cool. It's a good, really good movie. So I think there's... If you get a big enough fan base... I don't know. Maybe my fan base isn't big enough to hate me if I make different things. But, but I think I it's still very much your voice in each film.
1: Like, well, yeah. It, it, or, like, from your mind, you can tell. You know, but I I, I like that it is all over the map. It's not going to be kind of the same story, the same
2: character, the same setup. And maybe the maybe that's something, because I've been doing that since day one, yeah. maybe the fan base that does exist for these movies, maybe that's part of what they're attracted yeah. to. Hopefully, Just I'm don't
0: sequelize Scrapbook. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, I think, I think that's heavy enough. Second Scrapbook? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Baby Scrapbook?
3: Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Here, make the second page. But I remember comment. Deadwood...
0: Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> the second volume. <laughs> volume two, yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: but I remember Deadwood Park. It, it was like... It, it was interesting because I... Obviously, at that point in time, you know, 2007, that's when I was becoming more aware of, um, you know, the history of horror and, like, international cinema. And I think that was, honestly, probably around the same time I was getting into Bava. um, Because Anchor Bay put out that, those two box sets. Uh, yeah. uh, I yeah, can't remember Bob what year it was, with but... With all
2: the yeah. Tim Lucas commentaries. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah.
0: I was like, who's this guy? And, you know, this is an Italian film. I know Argento, I know Fulci, and even at that point in the time, I wasn't a huge fan of Fulci. <laughs> Stupid, Andy. That, hey, happy birthday, Fulci. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah,
1: happy yeah. birthday, Mr. Birthday? Fulci.
0: Well, uh, as of recording this. Yeah, yeah. that
1: was yeah. kind of getting into Italian. You're like, okay, how many, like, my maestros are there in Italian cinema? Yeah. You're like, mm-hmm. what? Who's this guy now? Well, it's Who's like... Martino? Yeah, but... Ar-
0: Argento I knew because of Suspiria, yes. right? I mean, yeah. that was that was his calling Argento card. and Fulci. And, and then Fulci, The Beyond. Zombie was it for Zombie me. Zombie was yeah. also the other big one. And then everybody's like, oh, you should check out Mario Bava. And I'm like, well, okay, cool. And then Anchor Bay put out that first volume. I'm like, yeah. oh, great. Here's my opportunity. And I think the first film I saw of his was Black Sabbath. And I'm like... Oh
3: holy shit, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just
0: lost my brain. I was yeah. like, the color scheme on this, like, the gothic horror, and then the drop of water segment, that's probably, like, the most terrifying thing I've ever seen um, in my uh, my life, probably. Um, Just, I could not get that lady's
4: image oh, yeah. out of my oh, brain. yeah.
0: And then, like, I, re- I remember, and I know I've mentioned this before, but, like, the... The miniature tracking shot in Deadwood Park, I that always sticks out like a sore thumb.
2: With the the church, the church, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. So yeah.
1: there's a um, there's a great uh, feature length documentary that's also available on uh, Prime, Prime called yeah. Welcome to Edelon Park. Or Edelon Crossing, Edelon Crossing. Sorry, um, which is the making of, and it's a. I, I mean, I watched the film and then I watched the documentary, and I was really just impressed with like the I mean I didn't realize it was a miniature I'll be honest
3: yeah no and and that's like
1: that blew my mind I was like oh my god that exterior was a miniature like yeah that um, shot
0: is an amazing shot and like automatically what came to mind was Mario Baba's lighting scheme and I know when I mentioned it to you, you're like, oh, yeah, that's exactly what I was shooting for. And I'm like, well, good job. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and also to uh, when, listeners, I mean, if you've never seen any Eric stuff, like Jeremy said, it's available on yeah. Amazon Prime for free. Yeah. So even if you're a cheapskate, you can check out Eric's film.
1: You can at least check out one of them. Which you
0: might not be a cheapskate if you're buying... And honestly,
1: if you're... Well, and it's $2 to rent his other films. Well,
0: yeah. Yeah, and that's the other
1: thing. Very affordable. Very affordable. I Um, can't remember which ones are available on Prime. I know Deadwood uh, Park is... Savage Harvest. Well, okay, on Prime is just... um, For free viewing yeah, yeah. Deadwood Park and And the the dock. dock. And then to rent is... Savage Harvest, Ice from the Sun, Ratline, and Savage Harvest Two. Yeah, which you okay. produced, right? Yeah.
0: yeah, right. Jason Chris directed that. Um, and, and they're two bucks a pop.
1: Yeah. So very
0: affordable, if you want to get <laughs> to
4: we, we do stuff. it under my girl?
0: Obviously, I think it would. We should. We should probably say go to wickedpixel.com Com to buy yes. the stuff. <laughs> if you want <laughs> to buy, go to wickedpixel.com more money out of it. <laughs> <com>. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and you can also buy digital copies on Wicked Pixel, I believe. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Is that um, through like
0: Vimeo or what's the deal with that?
2: Uh, the
0: digital copies. The
2: digital yeah, downloads or no? You're getting them directly from us. I guess. Oh, okay. Okay. You okay, have cool. to ask Tre- Trevor Williams. Uh, Trev- <laughs> he handles that stuff. Yeah, uh, I know. He's the IT supermind I'm, of and that. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> you you make it happen, and I don't have to understand it. Great. <laughs> That's wonderful. As
3: as
0: I, I get money back. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Great. <laughs> was um,
2: Deadwood Park the first one because you shot
1: in? I think it was like
2: six states.
1: Or something oh, like that.
2: Yeah, that was, was, that was a, a, there was a lot of travel.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, just kind of everything that you went through on that movie in terms of like the amusement, the old amusement park that was, I believe, in South Carolina. We used. Uh, and you were you were like days out from shooting, and that yeah. hurricane hit it, and so you had to like reorganize your production schedule. Like it's crazy what you went through <laughs> shooting that film and how well it. I mean how. Good, it turned out, and I think it's uh, yeah, the I just wasn't ready for the I mean, the atmosphere of it, the um, I I one jump scare that really got me the bathtub. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. that one I was like, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Were you just like, I'm gonna cuss him out when I see him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Made me pee in my pants. I just pants. To
1: say, that was yeah, that was really effective. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just and then I. That documentary was just... I mean, I love kind of the
2: nitty-gritty of that stuff, so... It was a it was such a massive project. Yeah. And then when things... When something, you know, you're shooting in an amusement park, and the amusement park gets destroyed. Yeah. It's like such a mammoth project, and then when things just start falling apart, and you have to, like, scramble and run around and rearrange and get everybody to go with the changes, it's that... That's the worst possible project yeah. because it was so big. Yeah. we had we had problems like that on on uh, Ratline with locations uh-huh. falling through and that kind yeah. of stuff. But it was easier. It that was not quite as big of a project, mm-hmm. so it was easier to kind of deal with it. But on on Deadwood Park, it was like it was exhausting chasing the problem. And that's that
1: what had. it just seemed like because hearing all the things that were happening, and then when you thought you had permission to film at the one in Arkansas,
2: and it's like a oh, surprise you. <laughs> Didn't really. Yeah. Surprise. Yeah. Or wait, I mean, probably would have been fine if we showed up and shot, but we wouldn't have gotten very good footage because right. yeah. it was oh yeah yeah. But, but yeah, that was it was everybody just kind of like dug their heels in and said we're gonna you know do what we got to do to roll with these punches and and in, and in the end it ended up being what we were trying to make yeah. despite all the the you know left hooks we were being yeah. Bent. So,
0: so did you create the story revolved around this idea of the abandoned?
1: Oh well, no, because or well, I mean, I'm not trying to, because I don't really want to, because Deadwood Park takes such a turn at the end. Oh yeah, that yeah. I think is like j- surprising. I don't really want to ruin it if anybody wants to watch it, but then to see that the film was kind of built around that
2: idea, if I picked that up correctly. I mean, I just kind of went into it thinking I knew. I remember like the 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 origin of what I wanted to do making the movie. I remember that i i uh, like I loved the opening of Texas Chainsaw Massacre mm-hmm. with the digging and I thought theres a something chilling about that sound and uh and about just the thought of it you know yeah. the the grave digging or some, some digging into the earth has a uh you know uh it just kind of is a nod to our mortality. Right. So mm-hmm. I, w- I was like, okay, digging. I know that. And then the uh, the idea that when s- kids are in peril, that has more impact than when adults are in peril. So I was like, okay, there'll be kids, you know, in trouble in yeah. this one. Yeah, yeah. And and then it was just a matter of going, you know, looking at a lot of the kind of atmospheric horror movies that I really like, and looking at the Mario Bava stuff, looking at the at the at like Night of the Living Dead and just kind of like gluing all of those ideas together. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. 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 <laughs> 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 um, so agreeable. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so then the next movie, Ratline. Mm-hmm. Where did this
3: come about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: I think my brain had kind of like zoned in on the World War II stuff so much on Deadwood Park, and there was this mm-hmm. aspect of of uh, of Deadwood Park, that was very focused on the U.S. side of things, and, mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. and I thought, well, you know, I've done, I've been doing all this research, and I'm a World War II buff, and I was like, I thought it would be interesting to kind of do something that uh, looks into all that kind of, you know, the Nazis experimented with, you know, dark magic and all yeah, this kind of yeah. stuff, so yeah. all that. It's which silly. I
0: mean is true yeah, yeah. I,
2: mean, I i'm assuming that it's true but a it's lot of
0: documented it is, yeah. i guess that's the best way to say it right it's documented that they they've yeah. kind of looked
2: at it seems ridiculous but then if you look back at most things that, well, that yes, happened for with sure. all the, the the sides you know all the, yeah. the with all the countries that were the allies and, and the, look at the what the nazis were doing they, they went to in Many cases, really ridiculous extremes mm-hmm. to try to figure out, well, oh, how can we win this time How thing? can we
3: win? So, yeah.
2: when you have that in mind, the stuff that they did with the let's play with dark magic and <laughs> right, it and seems right. silly and it seems like right out of a horror movie, but uh-huh. it's like I, I guess it's pretty easy to believe. But I thought that was just really cool, interesting stuff. And you know I'm, what
0: else I think kind of sells that mythology or, or um, that mythos, I guess you should say? Spielberg. Yeah, fucking
3: mm-hmm. Raiders
0: of the Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's kind of like even if you had no history of World War II and like what everybody went through, if you have seen Raiders of the Lost Ark and then go see Ratline, it's like, oh yeah, I buy that.
4: Yeah,
1: you know, just <laughs> because of the the history of yeah. now that's it. a double feature. There you go.
0: There <laughs> you go. That would be a good. <laughs> but I mean, did you? So when you thought of Ratline, because I think this is, I mean, it's not your first time. You kind of started diving into historical stuff, um, and like how to film it. I mean, did you have any hesitation to do some of that?
2: I mean, we had done so much of that on Deadwood Park, right? Right. Quite a bit in Deadwood Park. That we didn't. I didn't feel like it would be difficult. Okay. Just refocusing the brain on the Nazis. And yeah. and the, and the, I did do a lot of research and I ended up doing a lot of research on the town of Herman where the movie mm-hmm. takes yeah, place yeah. and tried to take a lot of history of that town, the actual history mm-hmm. of that town and kind of weave it in and because it's a, you know, uh German
3: yeah. town. Oh, yeah. So I was
2: like, okay, I can, I think I can put all this, these pieces together. And so it was fun doing the research and, figuring out ways to put this piece with this piece with this piece and so it wasn't intimidating it was pretty exciting actually. okay like, getting okay. to do that kind of stuff
0: I, w- I was just curious and i mean yeah that was probably more of a question towards Dead Par- <laughs> deadwood park but <laughs> but i mean i i've just you know budgetary reasons it's like oh man m- most independent filmmakers tend to shy away from no. going historical because yeah. that that means more money, mm-hmm. more production value, more costuming, and all this other stuff, and even
1: changing the way you're like filming the... Yeah, 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 exactly. Flashbacks and, and, and
0: that was one of the things I I remembered about Ratline is like the archival footage looks pretty authentic.
2: Yeah, and and we we looked at a lot of World War Two era, you know, uh, not newsreel stuff, but mm-hmm. the but like the stuff that was distributed, you know, the yeah. propaganda. In t- well, like the what did we maybe it was newsreel stuff. I think it was newsreel stuff. But anyway, we looked at a lot of um footage from the era and uh, mm-hmm. like, you know, wanted to get the the voiceover correct. Right. Um uh, yeah. Sam Sam Stark was the voiceover artist for that, and I just showed him a couple of these old films from World War 2 with the narration and everything mm-hmm. and it, and he was like, "Okay, I can I can do that." And he nailed it. And then it was just in, like, I was looking at things like, uh, you know, I know the camera work is going to be bad, and it's going to be, like, really, there's going to be, like, really rough edges to these films. Mm-hmm. So I was, like, looking yeah. at them going, well, okay, how d- how did they screw it up and made sure that I screwed it up the exact same okay. way <laughs> and, and just kind of made it as, you know, dirty and tried to get as authentic with it as yeah. possible. Yeah, I
0: mean, and that's tons of attention to detail there. And yeah. I think it comes through great because mm-hmm. it... it I, Looks genuine,
2: and I think that the it was fun taking something like that and trying to get it to look as as close to you know the real deal as possible. And then you're including things like headless corpses and
3: yeah. and that kind of stuff in there. So it's like
2: it's it's, it's I think that it helps yeah. taking getting as authentic as possible, but then introducing the horror elements into that. So right. you're not just looking at a headless corpse; you're looking at a headless corpse. that's being presented in this old film yeah, and, you right. know so it's like that that was fun making that combination i thought
1: with the um i guess just the filming in herman because i recognized right away that it was this cemetery
3: mm-hmm.
1: um but then
2: <laughs> part of me is like i wonder if they wanted to read the script before agreeing <laughs> well we had a we had a pretty solid contact in yeah, herman, and okay. we got we got we basically were granted the entire town. Yeah, I and mean it was like we just we we had like little uh, you know, badges type of thing, little, yeah. little things that we were saying this is this is who we are and we could pretty much go anywhere we I wanted I know and and, like
1: you were filming during Oktoberfest mm-hmm. um and I I mean obviously you've had some of your own people there to film like close ups of and like cutaways cuz you know, did you have to say like hey,
2: randos, rando drunk people? You know, are you, <laughs> you're you going to be in this film. Surprise. No, when we when we zoned in on somebody for a close-up or something uh-huh. like that, then yeah. we, we got their release. Oh, yeah, yeah. And all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but the rest of it was just, you know, it was sh- get out there and just shoot as much of the yeah. actual, you know. No, and that's like a really
1: nice, because um, Herman has a big Oktoberfest, you know, party every year. And, I mean, again, just that's a really creative way to, Add production value, like, oh, look at all these extras we have, right? Yeah,
2: but yeah, yeah. Actually, the crowds weren't quite as big as I thought they were going to be. I was like, I and thought I it was
1: always bigger. And, and <laughs> it's, we uh,
2: there were like some wide shots in those Oktoberfest scenes where we added people in the background oh, oh, because the crowds okay. weren't quite big enough, and we yeah. and. We were told that the Oktoberfest got like really wild, and it was like you know people running yeah. naked through the streets and throwing up. <laughs> that's around like every the corner. reputation it has. But it was it's like, like the really. fifth
0: generation Mardi Gras. It, it, it was, yeah, we were
2: it, it, we were led to believe it would it's be like just Mardi like, Gras for old people. Yeah. but it, when we got there, it was like really tame. So that yeah, was that's that, a little disappointing. Yeah. An old dick we, swinging. We didn't we didn't we didn't need that for the movie. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that that was that was uh it was that and we had the cemetery and we had the J.C.'s yeah. hall and this mm-hmm. park and it was just a matter of saying, Hey, we're gonna shoot three nights overnight in this park yeah. and then, you know, the cops would cruise by every once in a while, make sure we were okay and yeah, yeah they we, it was like the town became our back lot for a period of time there and, and everyone was really nice. Like
3: that's you know, awesome. People yeah. come <laughs> people
2: come out of the, the you know, the the storefronts on mm-hmm. the street. When do you all need some coffee? And are you oh, all staying warm? Nice. And yeah. Everybody was super cool. It was so film in positive, Missouri. Everybody. Yeah. Very <laughs> positive experience. Film and Herman.
0: And I, I mean, I know the film offices are kind of gone, but <laughs> <laughs> kind <I think laughs> of.
3: Oh, I'm trying to get people here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um. So at, at this point in time, I mean, I I know. You know, the next movie is obviously your your current movie that's coming out. Um, but I would like to talk about Mr. Jim Mickle and how that whole relationship came about. Uh,
2: there was a, uh, this guy named Aaron Crozier who worked on Deadwood Park and I think a couple of my other movies, and he made a film, directed a film that I went out and I was like... Uh, Boy electrician on and uh, cool guy. I got to be friends with him, and then he mm-hmm. was the uh, he got hired as the first AD for Stakeland, and uh, that was a situation where I was just like, hey, if there's any <laughs> way that yeah. I could get involved, and and how what they originally brought me out for was I was just going to be on Stakeland just shooting behind the scenes video
3: okay, I was okay. Gonna,
2: that's all i was going to do and uh-huh. i was going to turn the footage over and be like i'm out yeah. and it was about a week or two it was about a week into the into the shoot and they came to and i guess they were looking at the footage and came to me and said you know do you want to be in charge of the documentary and it's your baby and you're going to edit it and you know all that stuff and i said absolutely yes <laughs> and uh and and you know, they were offering, like, a bigger paycheck for that. Yeah. So nice. uh, More money. <laughs> <I was laughs> happy, Always good. Happy about that. And it's a small movie, so
4: all the sure, paychecks were sure, very sure. small. Sure, sure.
2: So any little extra was helpful. Absolutely. But uh, then the movie was broken up into two halves in terms of the production. There was, like, half of it was shot in uh, the Philadelphia area, and then yeah. there was a month-long break, I think, and then production moved to upstate New York. And when they moved to upstate New York, they were doing their scheduling and realized they just had too much to shoot for the number of days that were permitted by the budget. And they contacted me and asked if I'd be interested in directing second unit and just getting all the little bits and pieces that they weren't going to have time yeah. for on that leg of the shoot. So I got um, that gig, directing second unit, and then they were, I guess, happy with what I did, because Jim Mickle,
3: hey, good job. Asked me back. <laughs> Jim
2: Mickle asked me back for uh, We Are What We Are, and I directed second unit on that, and then they really piled it on me with with that one because they yeah. did a lot more. But that's because it was planned out yeah. way in yeah. advance. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. like an emergency last second uh-huh. thing. Right. So I ended up doing a a lot more second unit shooting on on We Are What We Are. And, very high stress situation, but a completely mm-hmm. positive situation and i absolutely loved it. I had never you know directed second unit on a on a yeah. bigger film like that and um yeah and then that led to a uh, i got directed second unit on a family film called marshall's miracle oh yeah oh, the, the
1: miracle dog film yeah. that
2: it was that filmed was like done. locally that was yeah, done in yeah. illinois so yeah. it, so yeah, the, uh, for a while there, I was really
3: Oh, uh, yes, well no, oh, little, little, well
1: I remember because um, uh, my girlfriend used to work for the company that they used like their uh, truck in it, the treats least truck.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, isn't yeah.
1: it? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she's not in it though. Hey
0: man, I think that uh that premiere here at the St. Louis International Film Festival sold out. Just saying. Yeah. Marshall can Local. put butts in the seat.
2: Yeah. Yeah. If you, you <laughs> oh, want to put yeah. butts in the seats, you yeah. make a three de- three-legged dog movie <laughs> yeah. and a bunch of cute kids. we we'll give make, away your next movie. <laughs> that's,
0: how you, that's how you make the big bucks there. Three-legged mutant dog. <laughs> yeah. From spitballing home. right now.
1: <laughs> Think Madhouse meets the children. Oh, Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I got the brain cooking So yeah I mean uh, You know I, I remember seeing Steakland um, At Fantastic Fest And I, I remember it being Talked about At Toronto International Film Festival And It Ooh. won the audience award And right. I was like Cool and I ended up seeing it You know I did the faux pas Of seeing it twice At a film festival
1: How dare you I, I know
0: So many people are like Why? You're going to see that again I'm like Sorry, I like it.
2: <laughs> How <laughs> dare you? My bad. And that's and that's another thing. I mean, Mickle was great to work with. Yeah. A, a super nice guy, but it was like awesome because these movies are good. They're like really good. Like yeah. I would yeah. stay clean and we are what we are. If I had nothing to do with them, I'd think, hey, these are awesome horror films. I was and a fan yeah.
0: of his um, with Mulberry Street. Mulberry Street, yeah. One of totally. those after dark. I love Mulberry,
2: yeah. Sh- Mulberry Street, yeah. So mm-hmm. great.
0: And Demichi is I just amazing. And he was yeah. he was a really cool guy to talk to because he was talking about like uh you know the grindhouse era of like going to drive-ins and stuff like that. And he's from New York, so it's like, oh yeah, this is cool to talk to you about that.
1: Um Yeah, I mean, I loved uh, Stakeland.
0: Yeah. I I still haven't seen Stakeland, too,
1: but <laughs> I mean, Demeji's great in it. Um yeah. it's it's fun. It's it's, it's I'll fun. say it's good. But I mean, it's it's not stake land. Like. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to be like, it's fine, because it's...
0: But now Mickles, you know, doing the the thing that everybody likes to do is TV with Happy Well, not winter. anymore. Well, oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. That's to right. To Shit.
1: That sucks. Yeah. Never mind. Sorry. Did he have anything coming up? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, but... I don't know. Then, maybe um, we should... Eric, yeah, do you know Eric. remember anything? Can you say? Oh, <laughs> here
0: we go. Okay. He's shifting eyes. <laughs> I'm going to take that as a yes. No, know what? No, I, th-
2: <laughs> I... I think I, I read that he's
0: He's probably getting going
2: something to something like that. Yeah. yeah. I, think um, that he, I think as soon as Happened Leonard was, was kaput, then he... Damn, he, that's really gone? He, yeah. he, moved, he moved right into Free the, the future, so... Okay. Okay. Um, with We Are What
1: We Are, I was just based off of Mulberry Street and Stakeland. I mean, the day it like hit Family Video, it was like, bam, mm-hmm. I don't care if it's a one-night rental only. I'll pay more. Let's mm-hmm. go.
0: Well, we got the... We got it, the show. Oh, no. We got the original, the show, at High Point... You did? Yeah. We are what when? we are. I, it was like a last minute deal. Like Brian's like, oh, have you heard about this? I have seen Midnight wants us to show it. And I'm like,
1: oh, yeah, I've that, heard it's good. That one they showed also that like Adrian Brody movie too. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. What was
0: that? Wrecked?
1: Wrecked or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Something
0: like that. It was a weird relationship. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: They're just like, oh, well, you're the horror guy. Here's some horror movies. Help us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'll try.
0: Uh, but yeah, I mean, the We Are What We Are remake is what we're talking about that yeah. uh, Eric Steensie worked on with Jim Michael. Uh, that w- that was pretty fucking amazing. Yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, like, even as a fan of the original, I was...
1: I watched it twice and paid the late fee. No, there you
0: go. <laughs> Rebel. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: so then, like, I, and, you know, I don't know if you wanted to get into some of the behind-the-scenes work that you worked on.
2: Well, that's you know. uh, that's probably... I mean, I loved... I realized that I loved doing the second unit work. Mm-hmm. Would love to do it again and keep going in that direction. But I, I haven't done it in a while. And I think a big part of that is because the editing work picked up. So I wasn't out there pushing to try to right, get yeah. more second unit stuff. So, yeah, it's like for the past three or four years, um, I've been... Editing behind-the-scenes documentaries for um, Paramount Pictures Blu-ray releases. and oh.
0: now yeah. how would you score that, though?
2: Uh, the there's a the producer I work with in LA, Keith. Mm-hmm. He's he's just he's an old friend. He's from St. Louis, and he, oh, okay. And he's been doing it for a long time. He is extremely good at what he does. He's one of the I. C- you know, I watch a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff because mm-hmm. I'm a filmmaker, mm-hmm. and I don't—I want to see how all these movies are made when I watch them, and I like them, and so I've watched a lot of the stuff that Keith has worked on. He's done like the uh, uh, like David Fincher films. Okay. And so he in uh huh he's really good at what he does, and I was just kind of in the you know pushing myself like as an editor. He's got a good reputation. He doesn't want to. You know, screw that up by getting some Yahoo to, to <laughs> that's going to that's going to you know make make a bad product for him. So I think it took you know a fair amount of convincing to let him for him to kind of give me a shot. And the first thing he sent me to to edit was for a movie called the Fifth the Fifth Estate. Okay. And it, okay. That sounds familiar. And and from there it just kind of kept growing and growing. So right. You know, and then. On uh, Anomalisa, the Charlie Kaufman film, mm-hmm. I was the mm-hmm. editor on those behind the scenes, and I was the editor and co-producer on the behind the scenes for um, Arrival, which was awesome because I absolutely love yeah. that movie's amazing. Film. Yeah, all
3: of
0: uh, Villeneuve yeah. stuff is just phenomenal. Yeah. And
2: this, and and that's that's wonderful when you, it's kind of like the thing with Mickel. It's like, hey, yeah. I, I admire this filmmaker, and so I, I'm I when i get a chance to work with mickle it's like i don't take that for granted it's it's a, a real pleasure and an honor to you know align with some of these people that mm-hmm. you admire so much and so working with my producer on the, on the documentary stuff mm-hmm. it's like i respected what keith had been doing for years so the fact that he would hire me and collaborate with me is was a big honor and i um then also, if I like the movie that we're doing the behind the scenes for, it's just an added plus. Right? Yeah, because <laughs> like, I'm, you know, the the new Villeneuve films are all amazing, mm-hmm. and I think Arrival still is his best film. And and just to be able to say, hey, I get to do my little part in supporting this movie that I like by being a participant in its release. That's again, I don't take it for granted. It's right. it's a pretty cool thing. And um, and I know and like this is not. I don't. I hope I can. I think I can. I don't think Keith will. Keith probably. Well, does Keith listen to this? I don't Keith, know if do he, you listen? He don't listened. listen for this. I don't the know next. if yeah. he's. I don't know if I. Anyway, there's <laughs> a there is a ninety seven point eight three percent chance. I'm, it's not set in stone yet. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. very exact. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not set in stone yet. But I, I think the next behind the scenes documentary that I'll be editing will be for the. For uh, the pet cemetery.
3: Oh, well,
2: which oh! Just started shooting. Yeah, and yeah, then, wow, those and,
0: guys. I have followed them since they made that Chuck Palnick documentary, and that that's mm-hmm. been a wild journey for them too.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was I was happy to see that they were taking. It I on think it's a sp-
0: great choice, and their casting.
2: Yeah. is very interesting. Like
0: you know, John Lithgow. That's going to be great. I mm-hmm. I I have a really good feeling about that.
2: Yeah, me too. And it, and that's another thing where it's like I don't take that for granted. As a kid, I was devouring Stephen King books. Yeah, you know? sure. Teenager, teenager Eric thought Stephen King was amazing and all of his all of his early works. I I read and and to kind of then be a grown up and be a participant in the if if it happens. I, yeah. Like I, what, what was the percentage? Ninety-seven
1: point ninety-seven point yeah. eight. Three. That's, that's yeah, pretty strong. If that, if that, pretty strong.
2: If that's strong enough. to yeah. Like, yeah, it's like that kind of being considered. Let's say, was, if being considered to edit the documentary for that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it's really cool. It's the kind of stuff that is. I don't take it for granted. I'm very thankful. And uh, the, you know, grown up, Eric Stansy is is going, hey, you could be a participant in this Stephen yeah, King yeah. thing. And and if if he could tell teenage Eric Stansy that, teenage Eric Stansy would be like
1: what the fuck? That's
3: that's awesome. Plus, plus, I I know
0: some of these, you know, special EPKs and all that stuff is kind of short. Like, the special features can be short on the major releases from Paramount or whatever, but it's still nice to get those special features because a lot of studios are just like, ah, don't need them.
2: And that's one of the wonderful things about working with Keith is that he's like, no, we're not doing this fluffy cute this is We're about, about yeah. actors sitting down for 15 minutes and going i love the script i love the director yeah. Yeah. and it was a great experience and like the character keith, yeah keith really pushes me and to and i want to do this but we we work together to make it actually about the filmmaking and make the documentaries you know try to be interesting to the mainstream audience but if you actually want to know how the film was put together, right. you get that insight. Right, because, so, I
0: mean, you know, I was there, shit, I think 99 I bought my first DVD player and, yeah. and immediately I had to buy a new one because it was a single layer only reading DVD player. <laughs> wow. Actually, I might have had a problem with Ice wow. from the Sun, and I think that's where I figured out the defect or something. I don't know. Anyway, I remember. I also remember buying The Matrix on DVD and it wouldn't play. That like, sucks
3: <laughs> That's a old player Yeah
0: they were like Oh well That's because You need a dual layer player I'm like what the hell is that? I didn't, it I didn't <laughs> even
2: know Yeah the Early ones were only single yeah, layer Yeah single layer
0: Single layer Weird. That's why like um, I I kept all the Halloween releases One of the early Halloween releases It has the The full screen And the widescreen And it's a flipper
3: disc Yeah, yeah.
0: Because they could have Totally fit that on dual layer um, A 50 yeah. gigabyte yeah. Blu-ray But it's a 25 gigabyte On each side uh, and yeah, the early DVD players were just single layer. And hmm. then once The Matrix came out, that's, I think, the biggest DVD release where there was a problem because it was dual layer. And I was like, oh, great.
3: Yeah, I Can't wait ever. to
0: invest $250 other dollars onto do yeah. <laughs> on yeah. a DVD player. <laughs> <laughs> I think the first DVDs I bought were like Faculty and <laughs> Halloween. I sold <clears throat> Faculty a long time ago. Mine
1: was Evil Dead 2. Yeah. Then it was just. A I
0: mean, Anchor Bay was a
3: big deal then. Yeah.
0: But but what I was getting at, <laughs> as we're going through a drive, uh, what I was getting at it was like you know those early days of DVD had tons of special features, and a lot of people, even directors working in the industry now are like, that was my film school. I listened to all the documentaries yeah, yeah. And, oh, yeah, right. and, and the commentaries, and oh, I yeah. learned how to do this by listening to this, or, right. or watching this special feature, right? I learned something on the behind the scenes of this. And now it's like, you know, it. I think it's safe to say with the technology that's come out as far as like filming your own movie. You know, we've gone through... Uh, it's now I can go buy a DSLR, buy like a fifteen hundred dollar camera package, right, and go shoot a movie, and it will look decent,
3: mm-hmm. yeah. if
0: not good. You know, yeah. I mean, better than some stuff I've seen. Um, it's not like you know picking up the camcorder and being like, well, yeah. it doesn't look like the Hollywood movies, but I made a movie, right? right. But um, you know, I mean, I I think I I appreciate when studios put those special features on there because I feel like we still need that education to be pursuant. But now I know a lot of studios are like, uh, no need to put that, just put the movie on there. Commentary fine, we'll do that. Mm -hmm. Because there's also the push of like, I don't how about we not spend the money to Replicate yeah. discs. Mm-hmm. Let's just put it out in the Ether, in the digital Ether, mm-hmm. and, and you can just buy it that way, and we can pretty much charge the same thing. Yeah. Because, I mean, I you can go on Vudu right now and buy a new movie that you can buy on Blu-ray for 20 bucks, or you buy it digitally on 20 bucks. and now they know that for the majority of consumers, not people like us, but majority of consumers, they'll just be like, oh, I don't have to get up. I could just go order it on through, like, five yeah. clicks of a button. Or, right? I
1: mean, like, my sister buys a lot of stuff digitally, and yeah. she's got four four boys, and they would just ruin any disc, yeah.
0: you
3: know,
1: so,
0: and I get I mean, that for for kids' her. movies, I get yeah. that, you know, but, like, the stuff that we're into, it's...
3: Yeah, I, I don't... I want
0: those special features, and even when it comes to, like, stuff like Arrival, you know, a major, major mil, film that's yeah. not, like, genre-specific, it's nice to have some of the BTS stuff, Mm -hmm. some of those documentaries to kind of figure out what the thought process is because Arrival is just, it's not a one-shot film for me. It's like, I I will watch that constantly and I enjoy different aspects of that movie. Mm -hmm. So for them to kind of, you know, I mean, you could get more extensive with some of the special features with Arrival and maybe at some point in time somebody will like, you know, Criterion will be doing a special edition or something Mm -hmm. like that but, it's nice that studios are still like paramount are still thinking about that and yeah. producing those those special features yeah. and it's great that you're a part of it too because i I think you know like you said there there's there's that feeling of contribution to it and mm-hmm. appreciation to it
2: very much so yeah
0: all right, in memory of your latest one Whew. I still haven't watched it. I'm sorry.
1: Well, Andy, you have a bit of a uh, oh you yeah. Sh- should we do a disclosure here?
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> I, a little bit of bias, or A little no, bit of bias, no. maybe. I stab. What did we stab? We stabbed some melons and stuff.
2: Oh, you're talking about... The sound your, effect. The fact, the fact, that, the fact <laughs> yeah. that you're in the credit... Well, you're yeah. not doing a review of it. So no. Yeah, no. I know. I'm just...
3: He's busting my balls. <laughs> 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 but, yeah,
0: I mean, I, I still need to watch it. Sorry, I tried to well, watch ju- it before. You just got it. So. I, I'm, well, and you're a
2: busy man. I'm not that busy. <laughs> He's not that busy. He's a procrastinator.
1: <laughs> I
3: am a procrastinator. Is, it,
1: is there any type of local screening of it, or... Because well, uh, didn't Ratline play at Way Out Club?
3: I want to say. I
1: don't know.
2: Eric, you to have to speak to that. Yeah. I, I don't I think so. Wasn't dude. there a Ratline? That was a bad, I- bad idea <laughs> because my m- memory is so. Like, well, uh, <laughs> in memory of. You're, you're like, Eric, let's talk about the past 23 years of making. I'm like, I don't remember much of it, but we can try. So, uh, no, I, I, uh, I, I don't remember. Okay. The, the the right line screening it may have happened. Uh and no, we've been so focused on the the Blu-ray release uh-huh. and everything. We haven't even started to even think about yeah. any kind of like screening stuff. So that's that's not even been on on our radar. Um but I'll, if if I probably Andy will be who I talk to first. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once we're at that phase, but uh So yeah. So uh
0: Let's talk about how this this one came about because this one goes across country. You've filmed yeah.
2: across
0: country in multiple what's the count on the states?
2: We shot in we shot in Illinois, Missouri, Oklahoma, Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, and Utah. Jesus. And yeah. the and the, not the
0: Route sixty six
2: route? It it yeah. covers it sticks kinda close to that. Okay. Yeah. All right. So it I kind of like how I was, you know, looking at Mario Bava films for Deadwood Park and thinking, eh, I'd like to kind of, like, go in that direction. I'm a fan of the the old road trip film, mm-hmm. you know, Two Lane Blacktop and Vanishing Point, and I thought, oh, can I combine that with the horror thing mm-hmm. and not have it be... I think when we first started talking about it, people were like, oh, I get it, you know, combining the road trip film with the horror thing, and they just envisioned somebody being chased across country with a yeah, knife-wielding maniac. <laughs> and I was just like, no, we're, it's not quite that. It's yeah. something mm. very, very That would different. be
0: kind of funny, though. Just like one dude hanging out the window with a knife, yeah. like, I'm
2: going to get you when you <laughs> run out of gas. But I, You've I got to pee sometime. <laughs> 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 but I uh, brought that up, these kind of bullet points to jason christ and said this is what i would like to do and he he came up with the kind of the the brain disorder element of it and it was then it was just you know me and jackie and jason sat down and, and started uh piecing it all together but that's that's you know that's that's kind of how it started with brightline as well because jason and i are right line together mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's like i first i come to him and say this is what i'd like to do this is what i'd like to achieve and he goes away and kind of develops a 10 page treatment and then we just build on that
0: yeah cool so, um so did you find i mean i know we talked about challenges before so did you did you want to challenge yourself by going you know quote unquote further out west just push the limit. I,
2: I knew that at this budget level, doing the road trip element of mm-hmm. it, I knew that would be a challenge. Mm-hmm. Just to, just like I knew going in as experimental as we were going to go with this film, that that would be a challenge. It was kind of like, in terms of the experimental nature of it, it was like I did that with with I went in that direction with Ice from the Sun, mm-hmm. but I'm you know I was. In my 20s, when we did Ice from the Sun. So it's like I look at that movie now and I kind of cringe a lot going, eh, I see what you were trying to do, Eric. It <laughs> didn't quite pull it up. So I was kinda, that part of it, I was like really eager to go, okay, let's do something that is not the typical narrative film. Right. And I felt a lot more confidence and was eager to do that. And I had confidence in Jackie and, and Jason as co writers on it. And then I also knew what this Budget level going on the road just was going to be, we we were going to have to figure that out and yeah and yeah. and I was kind of trying to you know take inspiration f- from like the way they shot uh, the Rain People Coppola's the Rain People okay. so yeah. it's like you know they 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 were a bigger movie than we were sure and uh, <laughs> but they could Who like Coppola? they could take you know a, vi- a van or two or three right and go with the picture car and just start driving and they could just shoot on the way they basically yeah. made a mobile studio and i thought huh, that's interesting and i wanted to do it for real i didn't want to be like you know just shoot some trees and go we're we're in wherever <laughs> now and just lie. Um, that would have been baba though <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he would have just like painted them Yeah, Uh, yeah, (laughs) it's it's Utah because you can tell by the painting in the background. (laughs) It's a painted backdrop. But no, the way we did that was we, uh, you know, because Jackie's in the car on the road throughout this movie, and she stops at hotels and or motels and in various places. So we basically just uh, picked interiors locally where we could bring in the full crew and the rest of the cast. Right, and. And we shot those scenes nearby where we could get because we could not afford to take the entire casting crew on the road. So if Emily Hack is in a scene with Jackie Kelly in a motel room, we knew that we can't have Emily on the road because we just can't afford it. So, so we uh, you know shot all the road stuff with just Jackie, and then. Brought in full casting crew for interiors, which were so most of the yeah. time that when you're watching the movie, you see exteriors, and motel signs, uh-huh. and that's mm-hmm. in Clinton, Oklahoma. That's okay. in okay. Arizona. Okay. And when you cut inside, it's not that. Okay. Yeah. Because that
0: was that was the thing I was going to ask you was like how how do you location scout for that you know?
2: Well, even even the on the road stuff when it was the the you know just. Doing the Jackie driving stuff, even that was challenging from a location scouting standpoint because we didn't have the money to location scout. Right. It right. was just yeah. We're we're gonna drive to. The, it says in the script that she's in Sedona, Arizona, so we're going to drive there. And when we get there, we'll see what looks interesting and we'll shoot okay. that. Okay. So every day was half location scouting and half shooting, and just kind of like winging it. And <laughs> and it sounds was, like
0: a nightmare. But it, <laughs> I mean, it you know
2: if I had done that if in my early 20s sure. i would be, be like this isn't going to work right. but it was fun to kind of like take all the years of making movies and go yeah i think we can handle that is confidence the yeah. you know the skill set was instincts everything was sharp everything's sharper now right. so i thought we can do that and so I, how
0: much like how many days did you spend in one particular spot to try to A, find the location and then shoot the location
2: We we were in Clinton, Oklahoma for three days, and we were in Santa Fe for one day. We were in Sedona, Arizona, I think, for three days. I think we were in, uh, when we got to uh, the Moab, Utah Mm -hmm, area, I mm -hmm. think that was two days there. So uh, all in all, it was 11 days of shooting on the road, and then day 12 was just... Haul ass home.
3: Gotcha. So. Wow. <laughs> or no, I, th- I think we
2: actually maybe we may have shot a little bit on the 12th day, and then it was just yeah, get getting home before the car dies type of thing. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> now in memory of was I mean, and I'm just saying this because you know I know we covered it on DestroyTheBrain.com. It used to be called Stoplight, right? So you may find articles on the site under that name as well. I think I need to go through and. Retag those as in memory yeah. of so people can find them properly
2: yeah that that changed after the uh because we did an indiegogo right campaign right. and mm-hmm. then the, the title changed after that and we also just for purposes of raising the money and everything i think after that we also pushed back the shoot the, the start of the shoot like another six months or something like that but yeah it was a it was a long process mm-hmm. and, you know we we in had, took the time that we needed to prepare in, in advance and we shot for four months and then I, I spent, you know, I agonized over every shot in post-production. So it mm-hmm. took, it was a long project.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So. I remember when we talked about it at High Point and now we're at Moolah, So mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, what, like I mean, three yeah, years ago? yeah that's exactly. Yeah. That's, that's, the, that's that. the thing. Um But so, so let's talk about some of the cast, like, um, you know, you have another independent filmmaker, Adam... Brandt. Alan Brandt, uh, who I think I have The Cemetery on Blu-ray from him. Mm-hmm. Um, I I know I heard of his stuff with uh, Crossbear. Like, mm-hmm. that was a big one that came out, and people were telling me to check it out. And mm-hmm. You know, Cemetery, and, uh, like, did you want... Um, I guess my question is, did you want another filmmaker to be cast into your film? Was this, like you know, just a friendly favor, or...
2: Oh, no, uh, I... How'd it,
0: how'd it work out? It,
2: it was... I When I contacted him to be in the movie, I assumed he had never heard of me. Oh. So it was, mm-hmm. it Everybody's was like... Everybody's heard of you, Eric. Right? I, <laughs> I, I figured it was, you know, we did not know each other... Yeah. Uh, ...in advance. Uh, what What happened was, was I knew he was a filmmaker, and then I saw a clip of something that he posted online,
3: mm-hmm.
2: something that he was directing, but he was also acting in this clip, and I thought... Oh, that he's actually a really good actor and he seemed right for this part. Okay. In in the in In Memory of and he, he was actually the first person cast yeah. in the film. I just got him on the I I got him on the phone like with this big speech prepared to be like, you know, hey, here's why you should do this movie and this mm-hmm. is why I want you to do this movie and I had this like whole spiel cuz like I said I assumed he never even heard of me. And then, uh, but yeah, I got like halfway through my speech, and he stopped me, and he was like, "No, no, no." I'm a, I know I, who you are. He's like, "I'm a big fan. I've been a big fan since I was from the Sun." And tell me where I need to be and when I need to be there, and awesome. I'll do it. So awesome. he was yeah. very easy to cast.
3: Yeah. Um.
0: So
2: I and mean, that, and that did help. It wasn't like, oh, let's. I need a filmmaker to play okay. that part. Yeah. It was it, it, that part of it was not really part of the equation, but the fact that he is a filmmaker you could see that functioning on set you know that was fun to he he was great to work with yeah and uh, you could see the filmmaker in him when we were on set operating and it was you know there was a little bit of that shorthand that he knew what I was doing before I started to do it or before I asked him about something or whatever he could he understood the process more than most people who are just actors and so you could you could see that on set and so that was but that wasn't the reason.
0: As a as a side note, you don't realize how influential you are, I think, commonly. Cuz every time I talk to you, you're you're very humble about your work. And like I know I told you about the WNUF Halloween special.
3: Mm. And
0: how you're referenced in there, like a character's named after you. And you're like, "Oh, right, that's cool. Yeah. Huh.
3: <laughs> you're just I Like totally oh, that's forgot neat. about that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I mean, like <laughs> I, look, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass or anything, but you're very important to independent ground like underground cinema because you know, let's face it, you've been in this for over 20 years, for crying out loud. So, I think at some point in time, you know, anybody that is wanting aspiring to be a filmmaker and gets in the trenches and wants to film with independent actors or actresses, I, I I have a feeling that they are aware of other independent yeah. filmmakers, and I know every time, you know, we talk about some some stuff like that, you're just like, oh yeah,
3: okay. <laughs> 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 so I
0: mean, that that case in point with the Adam story is like, yeah, of course he knows who you are. Come on. <laughs> <laughs>
3: See, even now, <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh, well.
0: but uh, okay,
1: I'll, it's I'll very, take the spotlight it's off. Very, it's very kind of you. <laughs> so, well, and it's one of those. I mean, if I had seen like Savage Harvest, maybe around the time you did, like age-wise, yeah, it was blowing my fucking mind to think I could. Someone local made a movie like that.
0: Well, yeah, yeah.
1: Again, yeah, Evil Dead is kind of the jump-off point where everyone's like, oh, I could make a movie. And then if I assigned someone, an example of someone locally doing that, I, my brain would have melted. (laughs) It would have been...
0: (laughs) Because, I mean, let's face it, like, St. Louis is, like, this glorified small town, right? You know, and, I mean, it's, it's not, it's not a major metropolitan city, like it used to be, you know, back in the, back in the day, but, (laughs) uh... (laughs) a lot of people forget we had the World's Fair here and like we were a lot of people
1: forget about it people can't stop fucking talking about it it's like the only thing that's happened in this goddamn city (laughs) pretty much though I mean Uh, yeah but it's like I think it's
2: the the
0: Chicago passed us over I think
2: that's the new new slogan for St. Louis is (laughs) is still milking the World's Fair (laughs) since 1904 (laughs) I don't know if you've heard this or not but (laughs) did you
1: know we had the World's Fair here in 1904 (laughs) oh okay we did yeah Uh, Oh, God, 1904. Well, like, the um, bar rescue, <laughs> like, a couple episodes they did here back-to-back. Oh. At, at the two bars they first shot at, because they came and shot at yeah, another bar Yeah, but wasn't it, like, later. in
0: St. Charles or something? No,
1: no, they were both. One is in Shaw. Oh. um, Or, like, Tower Grove East. Okay. And then the other one was close to the ballpark. And both, he's like, you know, the 1904 World Series. Like, fuck, <laughs> come on, guy, like... That's the set-off point for Jeremy. It's just like, Wait. there's more that's happened in the city besides something that happened, besides that. No,
0: there there totally is. I yeah, mean, like, even
1: just beer history, Go right? to the History Museum, check out, you know, I mean, hey, that's a really great display they have on the 1940s Formal Fair, but yeah. just stop. <laughs> <laughs> let's... let's,
2: let's <laughs> kind of you know it's it's been over a hundred years yeah Yeah. I think we can I think we
1: can move on we've done other things
0: do you know about the arch (laughs) 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 it's the
1: gateway to the west
3: (laughs) I don't know if you knew this or not (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: so uh, let's talk about like did you have any uh, complications uh, that you'd like to share (laughs) with filming in memory of
2: I have never had a uh, film production go that smoothly.
3: Oh, really? Good.
2: (laughs) For, as you know, the movie's very ambitious, especially at this budget level. Um, But the the team that came together to make it happen, it was like, again, everybody pulling in the same direction, and people were all really good at what they were doing, and they were all really supportive of me, and it was uh, a completely positive experience shooting this movie and it was uh you know i I went into it with an admiration for a lot of the people that i'd worked with before jason and dj Mm -hmm. emily hack Mm -hmm. and everything and i came out of this movie with even more appreciation for them and then there were all these new people jackie kelly knocked it out of the park playing the lead and then i had never worked with adam albrandt he was amazing to work with and you know, just, it was a really good mix of people who I would never worked with before and people who I've worked with for years, and everybody just nailed it. And it was, I'm very grateful for the yeah. production because it was, it was just a lot, it was hard, stressful, all the things that, you know, long hours, it was every, all the, all the things that making a movie is, and the, and, but just because of the people, it was like, a completely positive experience it's the most positive filmmaking experience I've ever had so
0: so I know with the past movies we didn't really describe what the movie was
3: about so you're gonna have to
0: since this is the one that will be available the, the, this Tuesday yeah. <laughs> June 26th,
2: June 26 wickedpixel.com yeah <laughs> uh, why don't
0: you tell everybody what In Memory Of is about
2: that's a tough one <laughs> <laughs> without spoilers yeah uh, uh, a young woman wakes up surrounded by corpses of people who she uh... She, she was a, took part in a medical experiment with mm-hmm. these other people and she wakes up and, and she's surrounded by all of the, her fellow test subjects are all dead and, uh... she starts um, trying to sort out what's happened to her and she realizes that the most precious memories from her childhood are just gone there's a big hole in in her memory and uh Jason Christ plays one of the uh, he plays the lead sort of scientist science person medical science person, and he starts uh working with her to try to figure out what she needs to do to get her memories back and she's following his orders, which include get on the road and mm-hmm. drive to these different places uh to put the the pieces together but as she's on the road the her things just continue to deteriorate and she starts going more and more crazy and uh it's basically a, a, an exploration of this woman's descent into madness and uh you know there's a lot a lot of subtext that we tried to work in there but that's the you know things about you know uh, about um uh, Mental disabilities and the, and that sort of thing. It all, but it, all, and, and things like you know Alzheimer's was a a major. The fact that Jason had a family member who had to who had to who went through that and how it affected Jason. You know these are the things that the Jason brought to it. And we didn't want to do it like let's have a movie about you know why Grandma can't remember who I am. Right, yeah. And we wanted to keep it horror. We wanted to keep it a, a weird you know kind of David Lynch, kind of David Cronenberg, off-the-rails horror movie. All the Davids. But have all, yeah. Is any <laughs> movie directed by David, yeah. we, we were just like, let's make it like that. Now, uh, David Allen Greer. <laughs> uh, so, so we try to, you know, there's a lot of the the layers that we're trying to comment on, things that would have more personal impact to people, but we tried to keep that stuff kind of below the surface so that if you just want to go on a really weird ride, right? then you can enjoy it on that level as well. Cool. Yeah.
0: In memory of com available Tuesday, June 26th. <laughs> but you can
2: actually order it right now. You can you pre-order. You can order it right now. You won't get it till the 26th. Yeah. Oh, there you go. But you can order it. So uh,
0: the one thing I did want to <laughs> ask, because um, this was the first time you went into crowdfunding, wasn't it? Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah, How'd that whole yeah, experience? that, that sucked. <laughs> that really sucked. Uh, we didn't know what we were doing, and it was more, it was less about we're going to get our budget for the movie, right? And uh, more about hey, let's see if we can figure out this crowdfunding thing. And we did it, knowing we were crowdfunding virgins, and yeah. we knew we'd be learning a lot about the process, and, mm-hmm. and we did. And um, so it, it it was useful for the education more than it was the money that we raised. We we raised a few bucks through it, but um it did inform us how to handle it better in the future. Okay. So that's mainly how we did it. But the but the other part of it is is like the the past if memory serves. Wow. See <laughs> I don't
0: have a rim shot on the soundboard so sir. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no sound effects.
2: Don't, don't I think that All of my past films, we were still raising money while we were shooting, I think, and this one we, despite the fact that the crowdfunding thing didn't go very well, we ended up uh, with all the money that we needed to make the movie in the bank before day one of shooting, and that was a huge... That's always good. Yeah. That was a a big stress reliever because it's an incredible distraction to try to keep raising money while you're making the movie, but... Yeah, so even though the the crowdfunding thing was more of an educational experience than a you know big payday type yeah. thing, it was it, it we we still were okay on the on the money end.
0: And that's the thing I think a lot of people tend to forget with crowdfunding, you know, independent features is that most of the money that gets raised on Indiegogo, be it Indiegogo or Kickstarter, I mean, most of that just goes to fulfilling the rewards.
2: Yeah, it's yeah. a it's a small. I mean, it's not half or or less yeah. going to the to the film, but yeah, the fact that you're giving Indiegogo a, a cut and then you have to, you know, spend the money on right. Well, so it's it's you know for a lot of people it's just kind of like pre-ordering the movie. Yeah. You know, you and put the money in and then you get it. Honestly, I think money. that's
0: probably you know if it could get ironed out and you know I, I think that's kind of the the future of independent. Filmmaking is, you know, you like this guy's stuff. Pre-order the film in advance,
3: yeah, and then With
0: an
2: Indiegogo yeah, or, or, or
0: even if there was a way to cut out those people, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. We
2: did, we did. It's both. tricky we, we did both. We put it up on WickedPixel.com yeah, for pre-order as well, and then.
0: But I assume you probably had more from Indiegogo, not no. not on the financial part, but like more hits or. Or maybe I'm wrong.
2: Maybe mm-hmm. it was... I think it was around 50-50, actually. Okay, okay. But then, when we did the pre-orders and when we did the Indiegogo thing, it was like we were planning on doing a single-disc mm-hmm. Blu-ray, and as we announced on...
1: The Destroy the brain brain. Dot com, It is a two-disc.
2: It yeah. is a two-disc. So yeah. we, so the price went up after we shipped out everybody's pre-orders because it's expensive.
3: Yeah, yes.
2: yeah, yeah. So the, we, we did... Uh, up the price a little bit to cover that expense but we we felt good about giving the two disc version to everybody who paid for a one disc version sure. because mm-hmm. yeah. they were you know patient. they were there
0: from the beginning they were there yeah, from the yeah. beginning
2: they were patient with us I you know I take a long time to edit because I'm I obsess Way over every frame <laughs> and, and and you know I had to keep stopping editing to work on these documentaries yeah. and right, so right. it's like it, it's a long process yeah, yeah. So, but it's it's so the, when the people are are patient and and willing to wait for us and everything, we thought let's let's give them a little something extra for their their money and their their patience.
0: So this is the first film on Blu-ray. Have you thought about putting any of the other past movies on Blu-ray?
2: Oh yes, that's been discussed. Okay. Um, the money is the big issue there. Yeah. Because it's expensive. Yeah. It's expensive, but that's. That's been discussed, but it's very likely that we'll probably try to go into and make another feature before we start revisiting the old stuff and putting that out on Blu-ray. That's not. Or you could
0: even do, like, backer things where you back our next movie, you get a backer-exclusive Blu-ray of,
3: mm-hmm. you know,
0: Ice from the Sun or whatever. I've seen that kind of done, you know, because then you get that collector mentality, i.e., probably me, uh, Mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, that's (laughs) the only way to get get it it on (laughs) Blu-ray! Gotta get it! Blu-ray's the best! Until some other HD format comes out. Until the next thing comes (laughs) (laughs) along. But, uh, no, I appreciate you coming on the show, and, uh, yeah.
2: It was a pleasure.
0: And Okay. So... There we go. All right. So we'll go ahead and close it out, but obviously uh, go to wickedpixel.com and buy in memory of on the two-disc collector's edition edition. Blu-ray. And you did say, I know early in the show, it it will be available digitally for people that hate physical media for whatever reason, Uh, (laughs) but you just don't know when, right?
2: Yeah, we're we're focusing on the Blu-ray release okay. and that'll be on our site, it'll be a couple other places like Amazon and
1: Diabolic D V
2: D. Diabolic. Diabolic, yeah. yeah. And
1: 9.
2: then then we'll get the, the digital version out. Cool, cool. Cool. Uh
0: you can find me on Twitter and all other social media. T R I E F Y.
2: I'm on Twitter at J Bonesy.
0: And Eric, where can people find you? Online. If you I've, want them to I've find got, you
2: online. I've got I've got the the Twitters and the Facebooks, <laughs> just like everybody else. <laughs>
0: What's your handle on Twitter? It's Eric underscore
3: Steenzy. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah, it. Sure. Yeah,
1: sure. That sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, and we gave uh, Eric the killer track opportunity. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So you're gonna have to tell us. Uh, you you go ahead and introduce the killer track, and we'll play it. Uh,
2: this is a the track is called Oh. Uh, o- Ochilata? Ochilata. Ochilata.
0: Sounds sounds tasty.
2: It's yeah. a, <laughs> I th- I'm not sure how to pronounce it. I think it's a town in Oklahoma. Okay. Okay. But anyway, it's by Tone Rodent, and uh, it's one of the songs uh, featured in In Memory Of, and Tone Rodent's uh, Louis. Oh, cool. Nice. Band, so. Even
0: better. That's the other cool thing about Eric's stuff, is you'll find local music in all of his work. I... I heard about the dead bugs through well air yeah, air, so.
2: actually I, I contacted matt meyer of dead bugs and said hey i'm, I'm i need a song that's kind of sounds like this for a certain scene in the movie and he sent me over to tone rodent and nice. i worked the deal with them and they were uh very uh accommodating and i appreciate it cool. very yeah. very much and it's a cool track too dead
0: bugs tone rodent starting to see a connection mm-hmm. okay. yeah <laughs> all right so without further ado here's the killer track thank you very much for coming on yes thank you for coming our, on our show
1: my <laughs> pleasure my pleasure <laughs>